0: The Batman Universe Comic Podcast. Hey, this is Scott snyder Hi, this is Denny O'Neill. My name is Neil Adams.
1: This is Paul Dini.
0: Hi, my name is deal This is Kevin Conroy.
1: Hey, this is Francis maniple
0: Hi, this is Jim Lee, and you're listening to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast. Welcome to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast, episode number 178. I'm your host, Dustin, and today I have with me... This is Ed on coffee. And this is Peggy Sue. And we are bringing the latest comic news and comic book reviews from December 13th through January 2nd. Total of three weeks worth of books to cover. You also might have noticed that I said episode 178. If you missed it over the holiday break, uh, Christmas Day, we released an episode for episode 177 uh specifically dealing with Robin Moore part 1 uh which was the first 3 weeks of Robin Moore uh Rob from Everyone Loves the Drake podcast headed that up so if you haven't checked out that and you want to know you want to get into further detail as to what has been going on with Robin Moore I strongly suggest you check that out uh so this is 178 uh, we do have a total of 4 books to cover because we had 3 weeks worth of books to cover and um, we do have some news. So let's dive straight into the news. So the first thing we have is, as we mentioned last episode, we found out that March will have Batman vs. Superman variant covers. Now, as it turns out, there was no real covers that were revealed in any way, shape, or form. And what we do know now is that we f- have found out that the variant covers for the month of March will be Batman vs. Superman themed, but they will be specifically packaged within polybags all the polybags will feature either superman or batman posters from the uh from batman versus superman um they'll they'll be either one or the other poster on the polybag advertising the movie obviously but then as you open it up there will actually be a special variant cover that i guess they're just not going to reveal until the last minute but it's a unique way of getting advertising because as we've seen in the past when dc has released movies Man of Steel comes to mind, Green Lantern, um, even going back to Jonah Hex when that came out. They have done these things in the past where they'll have little banners on the top of the, the comic covers that will say, you know, Man in, Man of Steel, now in theaters or whatever. It'll, it's just a little bit of advertising for, you know, what they, you know, is part of their business. And the thing is, by having the polybags, it's a much more, it's a much larger advertisement space. And it would be a lot smarter for them to convince retailers to put these right up front, you know, so that it's advertising as well. But it also draws people in by saying, hey, maybe this is a Batman Superman, uh, you know, special thing. So, interestingly enough, the covers won't be released probably until the end of February. We have the full list of details of every of the books. As I did mention, there's only 10 issues or 11 issues getting it compared to the 22 in previous months. So.
1: I wonder if this has, If I don't know if you guys saw was Batman, the polybag ones, are all of the Batman DC titles, the Harley's Little Black Book ones, where they yes. were all polybagged from last month. I yep. wonder if the success of that made them kind of repeat it, because it sounds like a very similar concept. Yeah, it does sound
0: like a very, very similar concept. Um, and I've heard a lot of really good things. It's weird because it's polybagged, You're not always getting what you expect. There was, with the Harley ones, there was some that, you know, you are going, you open it up and there's a special sketch variant that you didn't even know existed, but hey, it's there and you now are the owner of it. So so there's some really cool things. Uh, Yes, it's true. I mean, like, do you open it? Do you not open it? But at the same time, like, it's one of those, it's it's almost like the concept of blind bags with toys. You know, Mm. there's toys that, you know, you can't see what's in it. You kind of got to feel around or you kind of move the bag around to see what's inside. Uh. But, you know, it's a gamble and you don't know what you're going to get. And a lot of businesses have been doing that lately. Lego does it. DC even does it with certain things. There's tons of companies who are doing blind bags. So it makes sense in some ways because, you know, there could be something really cool. And also in some ways could potentially drive up some sales, oh, not, you know, maybe not a lot, but, you know, maybe, you know, you see a couple variants and you're like, wait, these are blind bag. They could all be different. I might buy more than one. You know, I'm not saying
1: I would, but well, someone might. The thing is, do you, like, I have mine from the Heartless Little Black Book 47 or whatever it was, right? I read it digitally and when I got mine, I, I this is no joke. I probably sat there and stared at it for 10 minutes. I'm like, should I open this? Should I not? It's, maybe I should. It's got a variant. Maybe maybe it doesn't. So mine is not open. So it's still sitting there in the bag, now in a board, in a bag, in another bag. Um, so I didn't open it. Um I don't think I probably will at this point. But I would be curious to all the listeners how you guys <laughs> did. Did did you guys open your issue or not? So
0: yeah, it would be interesting because I've heard. Did you open heard, yours? I opened mine. Oh, did you? I did wanted you to said, see I, didn't what, mine. I wanted to see what I got. I mean. I open I'm box. a sucker for blind bags. I mean, Lego. Every time they release a new series of Lego guys in those little bags, I mean, I'm a sucker for those things. But that it's also kind of fun just seeing. It. it sucks when you get duplicates, but it's it's just wow. a gamble. So as long as it's not you know stupid priced and it's reasonably priced, there's no reason why you know because they, they didn't mark it up. Couple.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, they, they were just the same 3.99 with the bag on.
1: I mean, I guess this is like. Scratch off lottery
0: tickets for comics. Exactly.
1: Yeah, so I get it.
0: All right, so then moving into the next bit of news. On December 14th, solicitations were released for the month. Well, first, let's get into trade solicitations. These trade solicitations are for March, April, and May. Um, March, April, and May include collected editions for current and former ongoing titles, such as Gotham by Midnight, Volume 2, Trade Paperback, Injustice Year 3, Volume 2, Trade Paperback, Batman 66 Volume 5 hardcover, as well as collected editions from before the main DC line, including Batman Adventures Volume 4 trade paperback, Nightwing Volume 4 trade paperback from Chuck Dixon's Nightwing series, Secret 6 Volume 3 trade paperback from Gail Simone's 2008 run on the title, Suicide Squad Volume 3 trade paperback from John Ostrander's time on the title. Other noteworthy titles for TBU fans include a large collection of Jim Lee's artwork, which spans his entire career, with Wildstorm and DC, that will almost certainly include some of his work from various Batman titles in Graphic Ink, the DC Comics Art of Jim Lee hardcover for thirty We'll also see a trade paperback of never-before-collected Batman Elseworld stories, including Batman Holy Terror, Batman Dark Allegiances, De- Batman Dark Joker, The Wild, Batman in Darkest Night, and Robin No. 3000. Also included in these solicitations is a trade paperback version of the DC Dark Horse crossover that brought aliens into the DC universe to square off against the Dark Knight and wreak havoc on Arkham Asylum. We have the full list here over on the website, so I implore you to go check it out. Honestly, some of the things I'm kind of most excited about is the never-before-collected version of some of those Elseworlds stories. Uh You know, I have all the individuals, but it's nice sometimes to see that DC's actually Treating these past stories with some sort of, you know, respect in the fact that they're re-releasing them, since some of them are very difficult to find. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to that one. I, I am too, especially
1: there's one in there called Holy Terror. Um, it was a Brayfogle one, if I remember correctly. Uh, it's really, really cutting edge. Um, it, it's basically the the, the Elseworlds if Batman if if there had been no separation of church and state from England and Batman's family was a bishops instead of rich, you know, uh, in the church. It's really interesting. Um, so there's there's some interesting ones in there that would make a, a great place on the shelf for the Elseworlds. I kind of hope they they do a couple volumes of this, because there was a ton of Batman Elseworlds titles. You know? Yeah.
3: yep. And those are the most fun things. I mean, not only Batman, but, you know, Superman as well. I know we don't cover that, but and, and other, like, Justice League and Green Lantern titles and everything, but Elseworlds are sort of those really special stories that um, we, we don't really have anymore. I feel like maybe now we have them, but they're sort of called in continuity, out of continuity, you know, in that oh, little yeah. bubble or out of that bubble now. But those are just like awesome cream of the crop stories. And, and I hope that they start to do that. Cause just like you said, uh, I think Dustin, you said it just, some of these stories are in fact hard to get and super expensive if you're trying to get them on eBay or Amazon or something. So I'm, I'm happy they're making these things more accessible.
0: All right. So then moving into the main solicitations, uh, this is for March. So the, the there's the the biggest thing is that we're seeing the final issues of the weekly series Batman and Robin Eternal. Uh but uh, there's there was absolutely no other cancellations or final issues that were announced as part of the Batman universe. Now, getting into the nitty-gritty of what we're going to be seeing in the pages of Batman number 50, we finally see Bruce Wayne back in the column fighting alongside Jim Gordon's Batman to defeat Mr. Bloom. This will also be the last issue with Greg Pulo as the artist on the title before he takes his hiatus, but which we still don't have a definitive length. Meanwhile, other storylines featuring Jim Gordon and his version of The Dark Knight come to an end with Gordon finishing the retelling of the story from his past and ruminating about the about what place remains for him in Gotham now that he will no longer be Batman. and he's still not on the GcPD in Detective Comics and Batman Number. Uh, or in Detective Comics number 50. Batman Superman number 30 also finishes up the storyline with Bruce and Clark's past that promises big ramifications for Superman as the title presumably regains its status being in the same continuity and time period as the Batman ongoing. March also sees the last five issues of Batman Robin Eternal in which we see Dick Grayson struggle to unite all of Bruce's former partners against what promises to be an army of the mother's followers from all around the world. Uh, the first four issues will be $2.99, the last issue will be $3.99, but will be oversized. Uh, we also see a resolution to come for what, for Cassandra Mm Kane, and hints as, hints that one of the Bat family may still be under the control of Mother. Which, if you've been reading the Batman Robin Eternal, you've kinda already know that that's been hinted at for quite some time. It's a possibility. Grayson number 18 sees Dick going completely rogue from all of his different spy connections in the final attempt to take out Spiral once and for all. Batgirl 50 will be an oversized issue that promises to be the explosive conclusion of the epic that changed Barbara Gordon forever by bringing all of the different storylines from Batgirl Burnside runs so far together in a large issue in a celebration of Babs fitting only for a 50th issue.
2: What?
0: Yeah, that's a crazy description. Jason <laughs> Jason, and Roy fight against Hive in Washington, D.C., while the Joker's daughter goes into therapy in Red Hood and Arsenal. Damian and his friends seek out Talia al Ghul to help them in their fight against Lun- the Lundarga family in *Robinson of Batman, number 10, where Robin promises the final showdown between the Robins and the Joker gang. In other TVU character titles, Selena is thrown into jail only to deal with a prison full of people looking to cash in on a bounty on her head. Harley Quinn deals with the aftermath of her conf- confrontation with Joker in Harley Quinn number 26. Poison Ivy deals with potential betrayal from some of her plant creations in Poison Ivy's cycle of life and death. Dinah delves deeper into the history of the mysterious white ninja in Black Canary mm-hmm. number 10. Mm-hmm. Tim Drake as Batman finds himself as a test subject in the hands of the Splicers in Batman Beyond number In Team Books, JLA number nine gets a resolicit from what was advertised for issue number eight and Justice League number 49. The Justice League enters the next to last installment of the Darkseid War with the Justice Gods facing off against Darkseid's daughter in an issue that promises permanent changes for one of the Justice League members. The focus remains on the background and secret history of Wonder Girl in Teen Titans number 18 while the group in Titans Hunt number six must face both Mr. Twister and deal with the possibility that there is a traitor among them. Task Force X deals with the freedom of having been legally killed in action in New Suicide Squad number 18, while Deadshot learns a secret about his daughter and Katana faces Cobra in Suicide Squad Most Wanted, Deadshot Katana number 3. We also get part three of Gotham Academy's yearbook storyline with special stories from James Tinyon in Gotham Academy number sixteen. Outside of the main continuity, the Turtles move into Wayne Manor after potentially being stranded in Gotham forever in Batman: Teenage Mutant Chosen 4. I turtles just to see
3: Alfred try to serve them tea.
0: That would be awesome. There has to be some amazing scenes. <laughs> I know Alfred right? and the Turtles. I mean, it has to happen. Uh, March also brings a special one-shot DC Comics Essentials. The Dark Knight Returns, number one, excerpt, excerpting parts from the first issue of that series. Uh, new solicitations also include uh, Midnighter, Earth Two Society, Batman sixty six meets the Man from Uncle, To Sleep three thousand one, Injustice Year five, and DC Comics Bombshells. We have the full list over on the website. Obviously, we also have there's uh, also I didn't mention it, but there's a new issue of Dark Knight three, The Master Race, which is number four. So. Lots of stuff coming out in March. No shortage of TBU stuff for Batman vs Superman, the same month as that. I can also expect April we'll see a lot of uh, comics as well, uh, possibly New Directions. Plus? I, I'm pretty sure we're pretty going to see some New Directions. here.
1: I think we'll see some New Directions. And for all of us comic sales enthusiasts and talking about marketing, did you notice that all these issues this month are like $4.99? All the number 50s are
0: 5 bucks a pop. I did notice that, but I think part of the reason behind that. They're gonna be bigger, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, I assume they're gonna be bigger. Uh, you know, looking at Batman number 40, it is 8 pages longer, so it gets, you know, it's an extra dollar. Text comics is longer, so I'm guessing any of the ones that are, you know, $4.99 are getting an 8 page bump up, which, you know, okay, you know, I'm not necessarily opposed to it if it it wraps up a lot of the stuff, and we actually do see a new direction in April, by all means, you know, I don't necessarily have a problem with it. I just don't want the pages just to be filler and useless as we've seen sometimes in the past.
1: Now, I-, I would very much like to hear what Stella has to say about this. What in the world is going to go on over in Batgirl?
3: I don't know, but I'm concerned that we are, uh, getting back to the digital babs, uh, oh, story. Really? Well, I just don't think she, I don't think dead is dead and that sort of thing. And then with sure. what Frankie is doing, I'm not concerned that I'm like worried about storytelling. I'm just like, oh man, is she going to pop up again? And what is this going to mean? But it I was thinking as I was reading this latest one, 46, like, oh man, 50s coming up. What are they going to do? And Barbara Gordon's anniversary is also coming up too. So I feel like this is a big year for her. So I'm hoping that'll be a uh, good storytelling and I don't know. I, I feel like we're, we're leading into potentially a new generation of birds of prey, but I don't know if, uh, if, if that's going to happen, but I just feel like all signs are sort of pointing to that, especially with 46, spoilers coming into it. Barbara has all of a sudden decided that, yeah, Frankie, it's okay that you're on the team now. You have Donna somewhat in the wings. So I just wonder if, um. Well, not just you know, that,
0: but I think it was 49, we, we saw Harper row, uh, spoiler all on the cover with Batgirls. So.
3: Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah.
0: Yep. And we're soon going to see Cassandra Kane without a place. So, you know, we could be seeing her come into the book as well. So,
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: all kinds of stuff going on. Yeah. All right. So with that, that is all of the solicitations. Now the last bit of news we have before we get into the latest TV by the numbers is that it was revealed on December 21st by both comic book resources and bleeding cool that they have a number of sources that are reporting that Sometime in 2016, DC, some of the DC titles will begin to go bi-weekly, meaning uh, there's will be two issues per month. Oh dear. Um, DC oh. has published, uh, bi-weekly and even weekly titles in the past, of as we've have. seen bi-weekly with brightest day and <coughs> weeklies like 52 countdown or of course Batman Eternal and Batman and Robin Eternal. Given that DC has already solicited the March titles, uh, the soonest we could potentially hear this would be April. Uh we don't have any idea what any of the books would be, but if there was any guess out there, it would probably be books within the top ten percent of what DC's publishing, which yeah. would include Batman, Detective Comics, Justice League, so forth and so on. So I think <clears> it, it might <throat> be uh you might be counting your money. Now the one thing to consider Counting
3: as as it goes out of your pocket. Yeah.
0: The uh, the one thing to consider, though, is that one thing that's interesting is that we I brought this up briefly on the last episode about how back in July they announced a number of new miniseries. Swamp Thing, they announced uh, Poison Ivy one, and then they announced like four other ones, including the Suicide Squad one and Sugar and Spike and a couple other ones that don't necessarily pertain to the Batman universe. Uh, there was a Metamorpho one. Um, and we, at the time, we were kind of interested because Katana was supposed to have her own series, so it was Metamorpho. We were li- thinking that they were leading up to pot- potentially creating the Outsiders by reintroducing all these characters into the main continuity. But as it turns out, Poison Ivy, Swamp Thing, and the Deadshot Katana one, which was originally Katana, morphed into a Deadshot Katana book. Um, those were the only ones that actually got picked up for whatever reason, and the rest of them, they are all. Kind of combining into an anthology type book, uh, which will, I believe, release digital first as chapters. And then every month release one print copy with a story from each one of the four remaining, uh, books that didn't get an actual mini printed mini series as scheduled, you know, when in January. So that all being said, the reason I bring this up is because there's actually less books that DC's publishing there. They used to be publishing, um, 52 books. When the New 52 started, it was the big thing. Everything was 52. They canceled some. They brought some new ones on. It was still 52. And then slowly, when they started introducing the weeklies with Earth Earth 2 World's End and the New 52 Future's End and Batman Eternal, they suddenly had more than 52 issues, and they started paring back some of the uh, monthly books in favor of the week weekly books, because when you added up the weekly books, the number per month still exceeded what a normal monthly book would would do. Obviously there's a lot more work that goes into a weekly book, but the whole idea behind this is that they're clearly seeing that the weekly books sell well. So if they have the opportunity to double their sales for some of the books or even if it even if the book dropped you know 50% but still sold two times you know the number of issues, it would be an increase every month. So it's interesting to me that they could potentially be doing this. I mean, we don't actually have any real confirmation from DC, but there is, you know, a variety of sources that are saying this is very likely to happen. So thoughts on outside of, you know, the money aspect of it, thoughts on the potential of what this could mean for the future of DC comics. Don't do it.
1: Like, seriously, like, Listen, if there's a mini series or another Batman Eternal type deal, maybe it doesn't have to be just. I know we had we've had Eternal and Batman and Robin Eternal. If you want to do like a Justice League weekly or a special story that's planned to be a weekly series, I know we had like the Earth Two stuff and World's End. Um, although I didn't read, I read most of them. Um, and Fifty Two was one from the past that I, I actually really liked. So mm-hmm. I'm cool with them doing those weekly things, but don't take the regular titles and make them. I mean, listen, we can't. This isn't meant as a, as a dig on any artist, like Capullo and those guys. They can barely do one issue a month and stay up at the top. You know what I'm saying? Like, even with one issue a month of Batman, Cap needed, what, every nine, ten months he needed a break? It was like and eight months, but yeah. yeah. But it's not just him. It's the other artists on the regular titles, too. You know, look at the guys that do Justice yeah, League. Green Lantern.
0: Yeah. F- yeah uh, Jason Fabick just took month, uh, a month off in November, which ended and, up being the first issue that was released in the beginning of December. But he took off a month so that he could catch up. And, you know, I I get it. I understand that. My biggest concern is I could see this happening in Batman for sure. And the reason being is because if Snyder is going to be telling, you know, potentially smaller stories, not a large, you know, crazy big story like he's been telling all this time with Capullo, Capullo's not with him and he's going to be switching up artists. It gives him the perfect opportunity to tell shorter stories. He can release two books per month have an artist do one, you know, two of the issues and the two issues come out in one month, move on to the next month. We have another set of books that is done by a different artist. And it's just like a mini anthology type thing. I could completely see that. Uh, we don't know what direction they're going to go with Justice League after, after Dark Side War. They could go in, you know, a similar direction, but my biggest problem is if they do this, they have to figure out the art logistics of it because oh, God. as we've complained multiple times about Batman and Robin Eternal, it feels like they've finally got down pat with the, the writing aspects and making it a little bit, you know, the story full and not feeling like it's just filled with filler. But at the same time, the art has been horribly, horribly suffering. You know, Tony Daniel was supposed to be the main artist and outside of doing a couple issues he has not been on the book that much at all. And we don't really have any other officially, you know, attached artists. It's just kind of like, who can they get this issue to do it? And that's that's really annoying.
1: I think it's a terrible idea.
3: Yeah, I <laughs> I don't know if I would go with terrible. I think it's a bad idea. I think that um uh, I, I think it should be reserved for special books. Now you mentioned fifty two. Um, you know, countdown, of course, brightest day. I mean, these are all specials. I just read zero hour for the first time. And those, I think that was weekly, right? Cause you want it to count down and go quickly eternal. It's special. You know, it's got this cutoff. I think uh, you should reserve it for those types of books that there is a, a quick end, you know, quick being the, the operative word, um, insight and that it's not going to go on forever. Now I, I, um, I am going to mention Marvel here, just because when, after one more day, this is going to mean nothing to you, but after one more day ended, uh, Dan Slott basically said, hey, we've got these three Spider-Man titles. We have Sensational, we have uh, Spectacular, and then, of course, Amazing. We're going to combine all of these and have it be weekly and, you know, in a sense, that sort of made sense because you get rid of all these sort of tertiary books. You just have one with one continuity, but it was weekly, and then it got too tiring, and then he did three a month, and I feel like if you have two big Batman titles, Batman and Detective, running, potentially, you're doing it, if if you do every other week. I don't know how the scheduling's going to go. If they do it right, it's probably going to be every week in the month is going to come out with the Batman book, but you know why not? If well, okay. you're going to well,
0: well, real quick, they yeah? pretty much already have a Batman book coming out every week. Not even, not even including well, Batman and Robin yeah. Eternal. Before right. Eternal showed up, they had Dark Knight Returns or uh, Dark uh, Batman the Dark Knight, and what that's was been it gone on? for
1: a while. It was, it was Batman the Dark. It was the Dark Knight Batman and Robin, Batman
0: and Detective,
3: but yeah, Batman, Batman and Robin, Robins.
0: Yeah, and they had one of those every single week. Yeah. They had them spread out where every, every week there was a specific Batman title. And they got rid of, Batman Robin still existed, but they did when, they didn't get rid of Batman the Dark Knight until Batman Eternal was about to come out. That was one of the books that they cut before Batman Eternal started. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, so at one time, but now we're just down to two. So. We're down to two, but we
0: still have. We still have the Eternals.
3: Oh, oh, I know, I know. I'm just thinking of the, the two main books that are going to continue for the foreseeable future because sure, Eternals true. is going to end. Um, and I just feel like more often, you know, or more isn't necessarily better. Um, and maybe it'd be more interesting to expand page count in a creative way. Like if, you know, Bruce Wayne's coming back. So why not have Batman have like a Bruce Wayne story as Batman and a Jim Gordon story as, I, you know, I'm just throwing things out here. Get back to the old detective where you've got backup stories. So instead of having two issues, of that's crazy. So uh, uh, why not do something more creative and, and expand upon that? But, you know, artists, Ed mentioned that. That's tiring. Uh, and I also wonder just about writer fatigue. Uh, do you really think Snyder's going to be able to maintain this schedule as well?
0: So, no, if you think about, it, you have to look at it like this though. At the beginning of the new fifty-two, Snyder was doing Swamp Thing and back. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, right around the time he left Swamp Thing, he he was you know working on what you know he didn't say he was actually the person writing it, but he was working alongside the other creators who are on Batman Eternal. Um, and then you look at you know, he was doing uh Witches and American he, Vampires he, American ongoing vampire. His. So like and he's put American Vampire on hiatus a couple times here and there. So I mean like He'll I don't think it's it entirely yeah and I don't think it's entirely impossible to see him being able to do this because if he's not doing any other books other than like the AK you know I know that he's he said at some point in 2016, witches is supposed to have another volume or something like that. Um, but scary book, man. But <laughs> but the thing is, like in my mind, I'm just looking at this from the perspective of, you know, in the 90s, the Superman books were they, you know, they sold pretty well, and there was four titles per month. There was Superman, uh, Action Comics, uh, Superman, Man of Steel, and. Mm-hmm. Adventure comics, maybe I can't remember what the other.
3: So one. some, yes, yeah. But
0: there was four, and they were basically doing exactly what you were just describing with the Marvel, you know, that Marvel <laughs> book that you were you were talking about. Whatever, whatever that is. Yeah, I'm not even gonna. I I wasn't <laughs> paying attention that. way. Well. Spider. I, I, I just heard. I heard. I heard the. uh You know, the process that you were going. I heard Marvel. I just kind of tuned out. Roachman. Uh, but anyway. As- my point is, you know, they were doing that with the Superman books, and the Superman books had this little little diamond, you know, the Superman crest on the front of the cover that had a number. Every week they had, you would go week by week and it would tell you exactly which order to read these books in. Mm -hmm. Didn't Batman do that in Nightfall? They did do that in Nightfall too, but it came specifically from Superman because it started happening after death of Superman in 92. So, the thing is, it's, you know, I'm, I like Batman Eternal, I like Batman Robin Eternal, because it feels like it's a really interesting story. I've always enjoyed the giant crossovers. I'm not saying that every TBU book needs to cross over and tell some sort of overarching story, because there's so many TBU books. I mean, once we get to the numbers, it's insane. Basically, out of the 26% of DC's market share that they had, 17% of that was, was TBU books. Or TBU related books. So the reality of it is it's impossible to cross all those books over and do it well. But I, I enjoy the stories that involve a lot of characters and, and, you know, do justice for the characters, not just have them show up. And as we said, there's a lot of characters who have disappeared. They served their purpose for whatever creator was writing, writing them at the time and they've disappeared. So if they could tell a story that's worthwhile, Or if Snyder's going to take a step back and we're going to have, you know, shorter stories from a variety of writers in Batman, I'm not opposed to something like that. I'm opposed to some sort of, like, crazy, you know, we're going to hit the ball out of the park, but it really doesn't even make it past the pitcher's mound because it just doesn't work because it's not planned out. And we've seen a couple different situations, specifically in 2015, that DC doesn't really have. It didn't really seem like they had a giant plan. So,
1: well, let's play. Let's say this for a second. Guys like Snyder or Tomasi, who's on Detective now, right? Mm-hmm. I think that when you're writing multiple characters, you're writing a Batman book, a Swamp Thing book, like you said, an independent series like American Vampire. I think that lets him be a little more open and creative. Do you know what I'm saying? I agree, where, yeah. where, he, where he's not just pumping out Batman stories constantly. And I think that could could beat him to death. Now, that being said, and I don't begrudge anyone for this, there's a financial aspect to this. These guys are paid to write, right, and they're right. paid based on sales, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're a Scott Snyder in some way, and I'm just using it because it's the number one booker, Jeff Johns, or insert name here, Tomasi, and you're selling a 100,000 copies a month, and you could essentially double your paycheck by writing two issues a month, you would. I'm not saying you wouldn't think about it, right? Yeah, I'm
0: pretty sure a good majority of people would. Yeah. I
1: mean-
2: now,
0: now that's th- not to say that the quality is going to be there on with the that's stuff. Absolutely. That's what yeah, perfect. yeah. But at the same time, I don't know very many people who would say I'm not going to at least take a crack at this. I mean, we've seen plenty of artists that have taken a crack at writing and they all haven't been great. There's some C- that have done very good and there's some <laughs> that
1: have not. See Finch Comet David. Oh.
3: <laughs> can I Oh gosh, can I ask you a, a like a personal question? I don't know how personal Sure. <laughs> well, very first. Um, as as fans, comic fans, Batman fans, I love Batman. You know, I love reading these things. Will you get character fatigue because we read Eternal, but like you said, Dustin, it switches that up. There there are multiple characters. You may not necessarily see some for a couple issues, then they'll pop up. But if we're seeing you know the same story or the same characters over and over again, will you get
0: Batman fatigue? Just- oh, I definitely think it's entirely possible. Beginning of New 52, when we had four different Batman titles, main Batman titles, where Batman was the main character of the title. And I mean Batman Detective Comics, Batman and Robin, and Batman the Dark Knight. None of those writers were, you know, telling a story that was coinciding with the other writers. Tony Daniel was, it was probably the closest thing to what Snyder was writing, but it still wasn't there. David Finch was going, nuts in dark Knight, where it had nothing to do with it. It was just kind of like, who can I draw this month? Who do I want to draw this month? Um, and Batman Robin was telling its own story that like, as we have pointed out multiple times, felt like at various different times during its publication didn't fall in line with any of the other books. So, I mean, the thing, the biggest thing is I definitely feel as if you could get fatigued very easily if it's all different stories. And I know that there's some people out there who they, they all have different aspects of Batman. There's people who like Batman dealing with the, you know, the, the dark arts type stuff mm-hmm. and the, you know, the Gotham by Midnight type Sorry. stories. And there's, there's people who like you know the the batman who's like the down and gritty batman frank Mm -hmm. miller batman Mm -hmm. and there's the people who like batman you know like kind of goofy no i don't know that anybody
2: likes (laughs) batman
0: (laughs) yeah but i mean like batmite or like joker i'm thinking like on lines of like the 50s style where it's just like out there they're fun stories but they're not batman yeah it can't be batman there are people who like that so i mean like i think if you told different styles of stories I mean, like, I know that there's people who would enjoy that, but I don't think that everybody would enjoy all of them. You're just kind of, like, picking a version that you like and you're sticking to that version. I don't know that that's going to actually help, you know, overall sales. Um, but at the same time, I can tell you, you know, I was fatigued by what was going on at the beginning of New 52 because it didn't feel like there's any coherency between the titles. And I can't stand that. I like it when the titles... I mean, like, I don't necessarily enjoy what's going on right now with Jim Gordon. You know, it's not my favorite thing that's ever happened within the Batman Universe, you know, during the tenure of the, the comic cast, but at the same time, like, still in yeah. some ways, you know, it's good that you know, is telling a story with Jim Gordon as Batman. Mm-hmm. Like, even a year ago, before we had this Jim Gordon thing, we had uh Francis Manipool and Brian talking, oh. telling a story about uh, that Bruce Wayne Batman with Harvey Bullock in Detective yeah. Comics. But meanwhile, in Batman, we had Scott Snyder telling a story about Batman from zero year and they just didn't, they didn't work together. They didn't make any sense as to these cannot, these don't feel like they're the same character. Even though, you know, there's a time gap between the two characters, it didn't feel like they were the same character. And I, I want to get to that point where like we feel as if. We have quality across the board and we've gotten pretty close to just quality in general. I mean, as we said, the ratings for twenty fifteen went way up compared to the ratings of twenty fourteen. But at you know, when it comes to comics, but at the same time, we still have different versions of the character and I wanna get to a point where like it's one cohesive universe, world, bat family, and we haven't really gotten to that point yet. Well here's here's where that is impossible Mm -hmm. in a way.
1: If you have four books going on at once, you can't be in four places. You know what I'm saying? Like it never works, and every time they
0: try to do it, it doesn't work. Tell
3: that to Wolverine. Yeah, well,
0: I don't know who that is. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> but I think he's some guy who says "bub" a lot. Yeah, uh, he's a guy with
1: with uh, maybe he you know probably dresses in something terrible like the blue and yellow I think spandex I saw or something.
0: About Wolverine, some red guy was dancing on a middle claw or something.
1: Interesting. Um, yeah. but you know what I would like to have him do is I'd be okay with a book a, a week. If we had a book where Batman was in the background and it was a Tim and Jason book or a rotating anthology book like we talked about, right, then I would be okay with it. Um, I don't want four Batman books a month. When we had Dark Knight, Batman, and Robin, Detective, Batman, name a time when four of them were good at once. Can't. You know, I mean... Normally it was only two of them that were really firing on, on cylinders. Tomasi did very well. The detective was shaking for a while. Wow, then, then, as soon as we got Manapole and Butchel over there, Tomasi's run got shut down, it seemed like. Uh, so, for me, I think there could be a little fatigue, but, you know, devil's advocate myself here. This is like your baseball. I mean, everyone says the baseball season's too long. It's 162 games. Well, when your team's winning, it doesn't feel like 162 games. You know what I'm saying? So, if we had four really good books, I'd probably be totally fine with it. But I don't know what the odds of getting four really good books are, if that makes any sense.
0: All right. So with that, let's get into our TV by the numbers. So the numbers were reported in mid-December. And for November, I should say, for November, they were reported in mid-December, right after we recorded the last episode. And uh, Terry wrote up his article. as we, I believe we said this on the last episode, but the top sale across the board for all of the comics industry was Dark Knight 3 with... Four hundred and forty thousand copies, Woo-hoo! which is nuts. Uh, that pretty much blows all of our guesses completely out of the water.
3: Do you remember what our guesses were? Like
0: yeah, because I, yeah, I was Somebody about said two fifty. I, I thought I said two hundred. Did I lowball it or highball it? Uh, you did lowball it because okay. you were afraid, like we were playing prices right. Rules or something. <laughs> I but,
2: did.
1: One dollar. It's gonna sell one copy.
0: <laughs> so. Um, moving into some of the other books. Batman 46 was the next ranked book at number 13. Evan Europa started out, uh, with their first issue at 80,000 issues. Harley Quinn number 22 jumped up 6% for the month, uh, and, uh, was ranked number 31. Um, Justice League of America ranked number 5, uh, dropped 7% for the month. Detective Comics number 46th ranked 43, only dropped a, a percent and a half. And then Eternal, Five, six, seven, eight, combined dropped 23% from the first four issues. Um, so I don't know that that's necessarily a, a bad thing because the first four issues are always always going to have bigger sales for number ones. It's just how it goes. Um, but moving down the list, uh, books meeting expectations: Batman, Superman, 26, Robin, Son of Batman, Number Six, Harley Quinn, Power Girl, New Suicide Squad, Grayson, Batman Beyond, DC Comics Bombshells. Teen Titans, Titans Hunt, Earth 2 Society, and Catwoman, who uh rebounded from being in the books in danger uh, with a jump of 7%. So then uh, we move to the books in danger. Red Hood Arsenal, We Are Robin, Batman Arkham Knight Genesis, Just League United, Batman Arkham Knight, Secret Six, Justice League 3001, 3001 Batman 66, and Midnighter. So out of this list, Batman 66 actually had its last issue in December. So did Batman Arkham Knight officially, uh, as the last print copy that's not going to be a special was released in December as well. Justly United also ended in December. Uh, Arkham Knight Genesis ends in January. And the only books on here that we, that are really, have really low sales that we're putting in danger that haven't been canceled yet, Midnighter, which we talked about last month, yep. Justice League 3001, which honestly, I, it's I at number canceled. six. Three thousand got canceled and then 3001 came back That's as stupid. like a new version a year late, you know, a couple months later. So I don't know if that was just like a publicity stunt where A, we're starting like- a new number one, but the, lo- the numbers are really low. And that last one I want to say lasted 12 issues. So this one yeah, I don't it's think like it's going to last that long. DOA. Yeah. Um, secret six, which continues to drop month in, month out. Terrible. Um, you know, the funny thing about it being as terrible as everyone says, like, everybody gave, you know, so much flack to DC when they took Gail Simone and they fired her on Batgirl. And they, they you know, oh, Gail Simone's got such a large fan base. And Gail Simone is literally writing what she wants in Secret Six. And the sales are just not there. So And, and I have I don't, to say this.
1: Go
2: ahead. I can't,
0: I can't let you finish without this thought Thank coming you. out of my mouth. If you,
1: the populace of the Batman Universe listening audience, thought that Scott Snyder or even that terrible Z- Villains Month Riddler issue did bad things to the character you knew as Riddler, go read what's going on with him in Secret Six. Yowz us. Well, it's not just him. It's also Getting man. They it destroyed would, that character. The, yeah, they destroyed it. But the Riddler, I mean, I can only assume, keeping it Batman grounded for a second, that when it comes to our little, you know, shell of continuity, in the Batman world, that they'll just ignore what's going on with him in Secret Six. Oh, yeah. It sucks. I mean, it, I'm sorry. It's not great. That's better.
0: But the two books that are making it onto the list for the first time is We Are Robin and Red and Arsenal. Now, Red Hood and Arsenal previously when it was Red Hood and the Outlaws, that book didn't have very good sales. It. I don't know how far down the list it actually went before that series was cancelled and then rebooted two months later after Convergence, but Red Hood was a mediocre book. It was probably right on line with Teen Titans and things like that. Um, but the sales did slowly dwindle every month. Uh, we are Robin. I think the thing is with we are Robin is that it's just, it hasn't really kicked off the way not kicked off. Cause I mean, we're already six issues in it's a half a year. It didn't really like jump start as, as interestingly as you would expect it to. So, That's the problem I see with that book. Not that it's bad. I think that it's finally started to find its grounding footing, I should say. But at, but at the same time, like it's taken a while to get there. And anybody who's going to pick up those number one issues, they want to be able to jump into a story and, you know, maybe give it two, three months before they decide they're going to keep at it or not. And I think that book took a little too long to get to where it's at. Do do you think that, that, that stories like We Are Robin and, and to some extent,
1: like, um Gotham Academy, who actually isn't represented on here because they didn't release an issue, or Batgirl last oh, God. month? God.
0: Well, real quick, before you <laughs> ask that question, I do have to point out, like, because you said that, Batgirl, Black Canary, Gotham Academy, Gotham by Midnight, and Justice League all were absent from the list because none I of those that. released a new issue for them.
3: Oh, that's right. That's
0: why. And the thing is, like, I had brought that up last episode about how I thought it was weird that there was no issue of Batgirl and Gotham Academy. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, at the beginning of December, we got two issues of Gotham Academy, two in a row. Yeah. And And then starting in January, I think Gotham Academy starts their yearbook story where it's basically a variety of stories from a variety of writers and a variety of artists. I just have to wonder if that's kind of like them trying to fix something because they've been oh, yeah. they've they've gotten so far behind. Like it's yeah. insane how many actual titles were delayed in November. It's it's nuts. I mean I can't even imagine where DC would have been in their market share for the month if it if they actually had these books that didn't come out. Just league didn't have an issue at all. They had two in December, which was great for them, but I don't know, it just That's a big deal in my mind.
1: Well, I Sorry, think – no, it's no problem. It's it's a valid point, and I think that, again, that's artistic arc backing up story story. But I think what you're seeing with We Are Robin with Gotham Academy sales, which have been down, but it's, it's a very good book, I think you're seeing a lack of star power here, right? Like if you're a not follower of, of Batman continuity, I, I know there are some casual comic book fans I talked to from time to time that didn't even know that like Jim Gordon was Batman. I'm talking super casual, Right. What's the draw to pick up We Are Robin? I mean, it's a cool little story, and I like what they're doing there, but there's no star power. There's no, you know what I'm saying? There's not even like a mediocre hero there. There's no Guy Gardner, Green Lantern, or, you know what I'm saying? There's not even like a, an offbeat. There's not a Red Robin even. though There's just, I think that it, those books miss a draw. I think it really affects their sales. Well, and I think- the
0: problem is, I think, that the draw for that book is the name Robin on the cover, and that's it. That's the biggest thing because anybody who's going to pick it up isn't going to know what the heck's going on. But that's, that's the case with a lot of books. If you look at a lot of the books that have started since, not, not right at the beginning of the New 52, but like Batwing. Nobody knew who Batwing was. And look what I mean, happened to the sales. It got, it, you know, those sales slowly dwindled and then it got canceled. Same thing with Talon, which was the same thing. You know, we've talked about this before about how books that spin out of Scott Sider events, they last for about 8 to 12 issues and then they get canned because they just don't have the state power. You know, Snyder creates these really interesting concepts, but DC decide, and this isn't just Snyder. I mean, they've done this with Uh, with a lot of different series where, you know, an event is really popular, does really great in sales, and they tried to make it last longer than it really does. Tell us is a perfect example of, I don't understand why the heck that, that ever happened. It just, that made no sense. That, that was,
1: you know, wow, people really can't get enough of convergence. Yeah. Let's give, tell us, I mean, like, don't do that. But,
2: yeah, yeah But I, I mean, just,
0: it's not just that. I mean, we've seen books like, uh, uh, I mean, Blackest Night lasted really long. Brightest Day then came along. They introduced like four new tie-in series to go along with Brightest Day, including a rebooted Birds of Prey, uh, at the time. So, problem. I mean, like, they, they have done this a lot of different times where, And and like it even goes far as you know we saw this with you know Watchmen and then before Watchmen twenty something years later uh, we've seen we've seen it now with DK three I mean like they take these things that they know sell well and they try to expand on them but the quality is just not there. All right, so the the I guess I didn't actually mention the overall market share. So total comic sales for the month of November for the entire industry was eight point three million issues. Uh, that's up 23% from the previous, or from the previous month, I should say. Um, DC total sales included 2.17 million, which was 23 or 26% of the market share. Uh, TBU total sales was 1.43 million, which made up 17% of the total market share, but well over 50% for DC. So, obviously, even though we had a number of series that didn't actually have books released for the month, TBU still is carrying DC. In no small part to Dark Knight
1: 3's insane sales. Yes. And I do wonder when we see the the collector's edition of that, right, come out, and the fact that I think DK3 will be, you know those books we see that sometimes they have sales the next month? Yeah, the lingering ones. Yeah. I I think you could see them. Not a huge number, but I wouldn't be surprised to see 25,000 in December, you know? Um, so that could get close to 450, 60. I mean, that could get almost a half a million dollars, half a million units. That's, and, and, and an expensive half a million dollar units. Those weren't ninety nine books, you know? So, yeah, that was, that was a big success so far. Just out of curiosity before we get off this, just one real quick question. So, 440 was what Dark Knight 3 number one sold. What do you guys think the last issue will sell? Number six.
0: Okay, well, I'm going to, honestly, my prediction is between f- the first issue and the second issue, we're going to see, like, a crazy drop-off. Oh, of yeah. 200,000 yeah. 200, minimum. Uh, I think it's going to drop back down to, like, maybe 180. which would be over 200,000 drop. Um, but outside of that, probably last issue, I'm going to guess somewhere in the neighborhood of, like, 150. Wow. Stella?
3: Hmm... I'm going are we playing put presses <laughs> one
2: copy? Yeah.
3: Yeah, I know. Um, he's saying one fifty. I'm gonna be more optimistic t- this time and say two
0: sixty. I'm
2: kinda of thinking You're talking about
0: the final issue. I just want to make sure. Yeah, number six. Oh, issue, yeah, number six.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, issue
0: number six.
1: Yeah, Number 6 I'm kinda with of this. I think it's gonna be about two forty, two fifty. I think it's gonna be in the same area. I think this one's gonna stay around. Um There will be that drop, like I said, 440, I think it's gonna lose, you know, a couple hundred thousand by the time it gets to the end of the run, but I think it's gonna stay pretty strong all the way through.
0: I don't know why. Here's what you guys, okay, first of all, it's not six, it's eight. It's eight issues. Oh, it's eight issues, sorry. Uh It's eight issues, plus we have that one shot in (laughs) February, so it's actually lasting nine months. Because it's lasting nine months, I can almost guarantee it's gonna drop below 200,000. And the thing is, like, You gotta think of it as they had all these variant covers for the first issue. They had variant covers for the second issue, but not nearly as many. Not near, you know, they didn't have the retailer exclusives as many as they did for the first issue and things like that. So you guys are saying, you both are saying it's gonna drop a couple hundred thousand from the first issue, but somehow it's gonna maintain at around 200. So nine months later, it's going to be at 200000 I don't think it'll drop that much the second issue.
1: I think it'll drop 10 to 15% for issue number two. That's what I'm guessing. I think it's going to be a very stable comment for the most I don't, part. Yeah, I, I can't I know, see that.
2: I,
0: know. I can't no. see that at all. I can't see an issue that sold... Like, on a normal month, the highest book, I believe the last time we had a book that was crazy numbered, it was that Darth Vader number one. And... That wasn't DC, I know, that was a Marvel book, but I keep the track of sales. And it was a Darth Vader number one, and the numbers were, like, over 200,000, and it was because it was included in Loot Crate for that month. So the numbers were slightly fluctuated because of Loot Crate. So, like, to have this book sell 440 and not chalk it up to some sort of weird promotional thing, such as the retailer variants... I can't comprehend how people are going to still be buying that many. I don't
1: think the variants accounted for a 100,000 issues in sales. Oh, God,
0: no. Man, it's impossible. They didn't. Like, you don't have any book on a normal month sell more than 200,000. So there's only about maybe max of 200,000 buyers out there that are going to buy an issue. Somehow, there was twice as many of them who bought this issue it wasn't had it had nothing to do with the variants. Oh i mean not nothing but it had, no, it I, had
1: yeah, not I, as much. Right. Not as much. I, I think that, that this is one so of those
0: somehow out of the woodwork 150,000 people from a normal batman title just appeared and said i'm going to read this. I think you're right. Good guess. Good enough. No, that's that, that's a sarcastic remark <laughs> I'm pointing that out now. That it was sarcastic.
1: Oh, uh, no, I, I thought I was like, man, he hit it, he hit it right there, exactly what I thought. I can't about. wait till
0: sales numbers come out for December. Can't well, luckily, I, I know a couple people to talk to you about them when they come out. So, oh, yeah, us, yes. you guys, and Terry. Are we your and only Terry.
2: friends?
1: It's Terry. What?
2: Are we your only friends, Dustin?
0: <laughs> they talk comic sales numbers, with except Terry, probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much you guys and Terry. That's about the extent. Uh, comment people huh? comment on TV by numbers. They also, I talk to, you, I comment on stuff there too. <laughs> but yes comic numbers like i'm fascinated by you know this the, the numbers I, I really am it's something that, like i'm really interested in and there isn't a whole lot of people who care about it i mean like there's not even a lot of websites that report sales numbers and things like that so
1: which is bizarre because i always see this kind of every time there's a, a book titled canceled or something like that you see this like why do they do it right or why did they do this and it's like
0: These are businesses. Yeah, they don't pay attention to the stuff. So it's. uh, I mean, like in my mind, like I can, you know, I enjoy reading a book and enjoying it, and then seeing that other people are enjoying it just as much, and then like seeing a book like *Omega Men*, which has been like insanely well written. Yeah, it really has. Yet at the same time, the numbers are just like horrible, and you have to think, you, you has to, there has to be some sort of correlation. Either, either it's the crappy marketing. For the book or something, but like there's something off here because this book is really good and it's just being chalked up as you know it's got sales of like a crappy Green Lantern title. So I mean,
2: brutal. Yeah, no one's reading that book.
0: Yeah. All right, so that is all the news. Keep you by the numbers. Check out the numbers. Comment on it. I implore you to comment and comment along with the other people who are commenting on it as well. Can look forward to new sales numbers in about two weeks. Hopefully, maybe, maybe by the next episode we'll we'll see sales numbers. I don't know. We'll see. With that, we're going to dive straight into our comic reviews, and the first one we have is Dark Knight 3, The Master Race, number two. Clark! This is between you and me. We don't have to do this. Sure we do.
1: Dark Knight 3, The Master Race, written by <laughs> Frank Miller, possibly, and, and Ezra definitely. definitely, um, artist Klaus Jensen. Uh, this issue o- opens up uh, following the events of the first issue with the extremely violent, violent arrest of Carrie Kelly uh, and her being hauled off to jail. We see Commissioner Yendel interrogating her, and it says in, in the novel, it's 27 days after she was arrested. Trying to get more answers about the death of Bruce Wayne. Carrie has said multiple times at this point that Bruce Wayne is dead. Uh, Carrie spins a story for her about Bruce never coming from his last fight and her standing b- by his bedside for months as it takes him to find years, as it takes him to finally pass on. Yindal does not be- appear to believe the story and Carrie tells her it doesn't matter what she thinks. Uh, we then cut back to the atom from last issue and last issue's backup. Uh, working with Laura to get the city of Candor back to full size before she is called away by her mother. Uh, then back to Gotham, and we see Carrie being transported to Black Blackgate, where she orchestrates her escape with the help of a very Bat Tank-looking, book, which much you think of as a Dark Knight Returns Batmobile, Bat Tank. Uh, Carrie appears to really be enjoying her escape. Uh, back to the Atom, who has been helped by Baal, a Kryptonian scientist who has been helping Ray Palmer with the problem of, of unshrinking candor, uh, they bring out what's supposed to be like a thousand people back to full size, but it looks from the page, it looks like at least half of them were killed in the process. Um, at this point we're introduced to Quar, who is, uh, you know, the other Candorians call him savior and father, um, who, you know, the Adam's terrified, horrified by the fact he's killed half these people. Uh, but this guy tells him not to worry about him. He reverses the Adam's suit, so it shrinks him, and then he is stomped to death, um, and it seems like only his followers have survived this conversion to uh, full-size again. And at this point, he uses his new heat heat vision and destroys what's left of the city of Kandor. uh We then flash back to Carrie. She parks the back tank, and she finds her way up to a back computer, where a hobbled but very much alive Bruce Wayne is waiting for her with a cane.
3: And I will say, I don't think the... Um the size increase killed them, but I think that those are all his followers that killed them because if you look, their hands are all bloodied. Yeah. So I think they killed the people that were not in allegiance with him.
1: With him, mm-hmm. okay. Rather makes- than,
3: I mean, that's just my opinion. No, that makes sense, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the backup was Dark Knight Universe Presents Wonder Woman, number one. And it's uh, written by Frank Miller and Brian Azarella, are by Eduardo Riso and colors by Trish Mulvihill. Mulvihill. And basically it's in fact uh talking about uh Wonder Woman's relationship to her daughter and uh just it's a little strained at best um and they both uh well supergirl feels like she's been hidden all of her life and Wonder Woman feels like supergirl's not really lived up to her potential. Um, and so there's sort of a verbal as well as a physical battle and then Supergirl flies off.
1: So questions for this. I mean, here's the, you know, here's the 10,000 pound gorilla. So oh, it looks, it, yeah, I know it looks like we finally get our, uh, reveal of the villain. Last time we talked about would we even have a villain or would it be more the idea of authority in general? So it looks here that the, uh, Kandorians and more importantly, their leader, Quar. um, are going to be the the villain. What do you think of this choice as a villain for the overall story? Um, And are you okay with it? Or would you rather have a villain that's more grounded from the Batman universe? One of the Batman's either more traditional villains or a descendant of a traditional villain? Or do you like the fact that we're really getting a a Kryptonian villain in the story?
0: Here's, Here's my thing. I don't really necessarily, I don't have a problem with the villain that they chose for this. I don't, like, it's not a big deal. As far as it, you know, as far as it compared to another villain, like an established villain or a descendant of an established villain, I think, honestly, in some ways, it would actually not be as, it, would, it wouldn't work. Uh, you know, we had, you know, in the original Dark Knight Returns, Joker makes an appearance, and I believe it was chapter three of four. Um, he makes an appearance and Batman kills him, but like, he's not really the main villain of the series. We also have, You know, Superman is the main villain in, in in chapter four, but really it felt like the, you know, society was the villain. Mm. And to me, it feels like that's what really should be the villain. It's not necessarily somebody specific. Um, you know, you can have somebody focused on, but it's not really the main problem with what's going on in the story. The main problem is whatever's going on with society, you know, whether it be the government's corrupt or Whether it be some other aspect of, you know, the authority, as we talked about last episode episode when we talked about DK1, really the authority is what is the villain. So, for me, I don't have a problem with it being this person. I don't think it would make any sense for it to be, you know, the Riddler or the Joker or somebody else or like the you know, grandson of one of those people or granddaughter of one of those people. It doesn't make any sense for it to be like that because we we see that in Batman Beyond. That's what Batman Beyond has become is a lot of, you know, the descendants of characters or, you know, older versions of those characters. And that's not a bad thing, but it works in Batman Beyond. We don't need to see that here. Mm -hmm. So I'm fine with it. I, I really am.
3: I, I'm a little disappointed, honestly, because I felt like there's so much build up. (laughs) You know, Frank Miller's taking another crack at, um, Batman and the Dark Knight. And I thought this is, this is going to be an exciting Batman villain. Um, whether it was a new take or, you know, a derivative or a descendant from somebody else, um, I had no idea. But when I think of Kandor automatically, I think my mind shifts to Superman. And since he's, you know, nowhere to be seen in the story yet, except, of course, the Supergirl, um, this is just a very strange, when I imagined the Dark Knight 3, I didn't really envision the story that is being told currently. Um, and it just, it almost feels like Justice League in the Dark Knight Universe because of all these people that we're seeing. We had Adam. We're introducing Wonder Woman. We've got you know Supergirl here. Um, so I'm a little disappointed. I, I can't tell you you know what what I would have given you as a villain, but I wasn't really expecting it to be from the Superman mythos. It, it did
1: catch me by surprise a bit. Um, I thought, and I guess this is us kind of getting into the book a little bit more. I thought that the, the the backups were just going to be backups, that they weren't going to affect the story. So when we saw the Candorian thing there, I thought that's something we would explore in the eight issues of the backups. And it seems to me now that they're kind of using this as foreshadowing, or, or actually they're not even so much as backups as a separate chapter. Um, so I was surprised by it. Now, after I thought about it for a little bit, um something that Stella said really kinda of rings with what I was thinking, which was I don't even know who I'd put in. Um mm-hmm. this happens so far in the future that it can't be the Joker or the Riddler that'd be as old as Bruce is. Um although you could argue that the riddler on a cane has still got his brain is is as effective as he always was. You know? But the mm-hmm. rogues were always a little older than Batman, I think. You know? Um so I guess that this is maybe the direction they tried to go in. But it, it very much does feel though, you're right, about more like a Justice League returns. You know what I'm saying? Um and I think this cast of characters, we still have Frozen Superman to deal with, right? Um and I think that we're gonna see a lot more characters coming in. So I think this very much is feeling like a Justice League story. Two I feel like there's two stories here. There's a there's the there's the Justice League story and then there is Carrie's story, right? Um and I'm I'm okay with it because I'm a big Justice League fan, so I like a lot of these characters almost as much as Batman. Um, so I'm okay with it, but I was really shocked with it. I I really thought we would get the granddaughter of Poison Ivy in the Scarecrow. I don't know. know, I mean, I don't don't know what, but I thought it'd be something like that, you know? Um, and we didn't. So I was a little taken aback by it. I don't know how Batman and Carrie without the help of Wonder Woman and and other Justice League members would be able to fight. I mean, how's old Batman and Carrie going to take down an army of, of Kryptonians? You know, um, So I think they're setting up a plot which we could see for a much more expanded group of people. So I'm okay with it, but yeah, I I was definitely, definitely shocked by it more than anything else. So and then the second thing is I want to talk about here is we see a hobbled up Bruce Wayne on a cane, looks like Mm -hmm. standing in front of the computer, not dead, which we all, you know, you know, hold it, but not dead. Um, My question about him is this though: Do we want to see this is old, hobbled up Bruce Wayne? Do we want to see him become the primary action star? Or we want to see Carrie in the action role and, and Bruce being the brains here.
0: Honestly, I'd, r- I'd rather see Bruce as the brains behind it. I, I like, okay, I, you know, I, I literally, no joke, just said that I want it to be different than Batman Beyond. But in some ways, I feel like Bruce Wayne is the person behind the scenes, kind of guiding Carrie Kelly, similar as to the way Bruce Wayne was doing that with Terry McGinnis in Batman Beyond. I think that would, it, you know, that wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. If it ain't broke, yeah, I mean. It doesn't make any sense to do it a different way. You know, he is too old to be out and about in you know, on the streets, so why not have him like that? I mean I'm fine with that.
3: Yeah, I think where I absolutely want Carrie to take uh the the center stage, I think I mean, the fact that she is the one that we only see in issue one, I think, speaks volumes. The fact that we wait until the very last, not the very last, but, you know, of the main story to see Bruce, I think, goes to show that she is going to be a focus, um, just her confidence level and how much she's changed from Dark Knight Returns. Um and you know how how much fun she has with the tank and 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 all of that and I think we're really entering an era now and and you know slowly I think we've been pushing towards this but it really seems like this particular year I don't know why but it seems like we've uh started to focus on female heroines and uh things are actually be things are actually being done in a correct way with them. You have Supergirl, of course. Um, you have Captain Marvel coming up, which I'm super stoked about. But, and you know, Wonder Woman is coming up in the Batman v Superman. So why not have a female lead in The Dark Knight Returns and really have a, you know, a a punch to the gut and and have a change? Uh, and I'm completely fine that there's a bit of a mirror with Batman Beyond. Uh, clearly he is unable to do this. I'm sure he's stubborn and will probably try to get in the suit at least once. Throughout the, this story, yes. but, um, I, am you know, I'm, I'm confident that Carrie is trained well. And like I said, she's got that, that confidence level that I think is very different from the first time we, we saw her. And so I am hoping, and I think that it would be apropos that she takes the lead in this particular story, especially since you've got Supergirl. So it's a nice little balance there. Um, it's almost like that Elseworlds Batgirl, uh, Supergirl story, um, but you've got a nice little balance between, you know, a female Batman potentially, if we're to go that way, uh, along with a female Superman, um, which almost mirrors or reflects uh, what we have with The Dark Knight Returns, where we had Batman and then later on Superman uh, appears. So I, I think it would work really well. You know, we've got this villain, of course, who happens to be a man, but I'm sure it'll work out. It's it's way out.
1: I thought I thought one of us would disagree. I'm okay. i I'm man. Um, okay, <laughs> yeah. And
2: say no. Yeah,
1: I want I want Bruce
2: in the suit
1: now. You know, I I, I was I was waiting for just by. We don't get Bruce in the suit in Scott Snyder's book. You know, but no, you, you you surprised me there. Um, I agree. Um, I do think that the age of the superheroine is kind of upon us. There was, if anyone's seen that little Star Wars: The Force Awakens movie, you know, uh. Ray was, Ray was by far the the coolest character in that Oh, movie, in
2: absolutely. yeah.
1: Um not taking away from the other characters, they were all cool, but I did like all the new characters, but Ray was the was the one who stole the show for me. I thought Poe was funny, but I think Ray was the best part of the, of that movie. Um yeah, this is great. Like plus this is a story I haven't seen before. I mean, there has been a although Dark Knight Returns is by far the most, you know, the one we've heard of the most. Like Dustin just said Batman Beyond is a whole series of old man Bruce Wayne. You know? We've seen a lot of old man Bruce Wayne in various incarnations, Elseworld stories, things like that over the years, um, other, you know, things like Justice, Kingdom Come. We've seen a lot of old man Batman stories over the years. So, um, I really like the idea of seeing Carrie as Batman. And, and I think it's something where if Bruce is to finally die at some point in the story, which he probably won't, but <laughs> since they are, since they are talking about Dark Knight four and things like that, I could see this, I could see a Carrie Kelly book. Going into the future, um, and seeing more of her, and, and being interesting and relevant and fun and and something different. I much prefer this. To, I don't know. I'm sure you guys do remember when Tomasi they played with Carrie Kelly in Batman, the Batman and Robin title for a while.
3: Oh gosh!
1: Remember that? Like Talk she about
3: was, a, a loose end not tied up.
1: She was. There was a lot of loose ends not tied <laughs> up. Yeah, Damian's tutor, if I remember correctly. Um, yep. Yes.
0: Acting tutor. Yeah,
1: I don't. uh Not that um, this is not a Tomasi blast. It wasn't. Though he wrote it was bad. But I much prefer that if we're going to explore the character of Carrie Kelly, for me, she seems more authentic in this setting than in, you know what I'm saying, than in a modern setting. Um, And she's a character I like, so I'm all for this being coming the de facto Carrie Kelly book if that's what this becomes. That's all I have to talk about.
0: All right. So this one I'm going to give a total of three and a half.
1: I am going to give this one four out of five
3: three and a half
0: out of five and over on the website don gave it three and a half so that's going to give dark knight three a total of three and a half out of five let's move into our next group of books batman eternal (laughs) starting off with batman and robin eternal number 11 script by ed brisson art by fernando blanco with christian Duce. the issue starts off with uh Dick Grayson and Harper Rowe coming to this person, Sculptor, who's introduced at the end of issue number 10. Uh, Sculptor, is she knows who Harper Rowe is without even seeing her, and then we find out that Sculptor has the ability, she has a telepathic ability where she can enter people's minds. Um, that obviously should say something about her name as Sculptor as to what her job is within the organization of mothers. Uh, Dick Grayson tells her that he, she should enter his mind um, she tries, says it's not going to happen. He explains, well, that's because I've got hypnos from my organization that I work for, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so then she decides that she's going to, well, Harper decides she's going to volunteer her head instead. So Sculptor answers in and they decide they're going to run through the backstory of Cassandra Kane. So we go back into Sculptor's memories and Harper Rose sees... Uh, her training with her father, we find out her story, which is Cassandra Kane was, a, was, is actually David Kane's daughter, as we all predicted. But the reality of it is that, uh, he, she was created by David specifically as a tribute to mother. Um, mother was convinced that this, she was introduced to scarecrow. She understood that fear toxins could change the way she was doing things and David. Cain was convinced that the old ways were better and he used Cassandra and trained her in a different way to reinforce that the old ways were better than the new ways. Um, so as we're going through, we see how David treated Cassandra and it wasn't very well. Uh, we find out that uh, David had absolutely no problem killing anybody and everybody, including children. Um, we see that Cassandra is, is she's, she has problems with the fact that they have to do it, but she has no problem killing because that's the way she was trained. When she's finally introduced to Mother. Mother says to David that she basically, you know, she, he's basically a traitor because he tried to do this. She says uh he doesn't have to get rid of Cassandra, but she's never allowed to be anywhere near the projects of what she's doing. Uh David's not very happy about this, but there's, but he's convinced that there still will be some sort of opportunity for her to prove herself. We then cut to some sort of memory, which involves Cassandra killing somebody, a woman who's screaming for her life. Uh, we don't know who the woman is, but it is implied that it is potentially Harper's mom. Um, we see that Harper is not supposed to be seeing this. Sculptor did not mean for her to see this memory, but she sees it and she doesn't know who the person is. We then cut to a different, uh, a different memory, where we cut to the nursery where the children are, and they're, and we see that mother is talking to Batman. Batman saying, "All right, I want to meet my heir." Uh, just as Harper is about to see who exactly mother is going to give to Batman as the heir to the bat, uh, Dick Grayson tries to enter to to find out what's going on screws up the telepathic connect. Uh, sculptor is not very happy about this. Dick Grayson says, show me what's going on. You need to show me now. But the hypnosis is messing with them, and uh, he says, bring me to Batman now. So that's the end of the first issue. Way to go, Dick. Issue number 12 uh, has the script also by Ed Brisson. Uh, this time the art is by Javier Pina and Goran Suzuka. Perfect. Perfect pronunciation. I hope so. Uh, so we're back on the island uh, with uh, Sculptor trying to figure out how she's going to do this telepathic connect with Dick Grayson. Um, <laughs> once she tries, she warns him that if they do this, it could be bad for both of them. Uh, once she does it, Dick goes back into some sort of weird, crazy thing and is bleeding from the nose. Mm-hmm. Uh, we then see some sort of weird scene, which is it's difficult to figure out whether or not this is taking place in their heads. Sculptor and Dick are fighting, and we then see kind of like a backstory of Sculptor, who she was. She was a child. Uh, she was also brought to Mother as a child uh, because Mother knew about her skills as a telepathic. David Cain was also brought to Mother as a child as well, um, and they were brought as the Adam and Eve to build Mother's Eden. All right, so we see, uh, we then see a scene of David Cain pulling a child from a car. Uh, We then see Sculptor melding the child's mind and being introduced to Mother where she's told that she will be trained. We then see Dick Grayson watching the child being trained, uh, the children being trained in a variety of different skills. Uh, We then see uh, her her working with our mother discussing with Batman that uh, he has an heir Uh, It is not actually revealed who, of course, is the person, but we do see Batman er, right before he figures it out. uh, The the, the weird telepathic connection, I guess, starts to take some weird ways and Batman turns into some sort of demon and starts saying, you failed me, Dick. You're a disappointment, a mistake, um, and starts attacking Dick. Uh, He then snaps out of it, but, of course, there's nothing they can do. Uh, Sculptor says that she cannot go with to help take out Mother. She's done her part. Everything that Dick needs is now in his head. Uh, We then see Harper and Dick going to a location where they believe the nursery for uh, the nursery where all the children are. Um, they, they, They head to the location, and then we see below in a cavern a bunch of dead children. Footsteps of blood lead to Cassandra Kane sitting in a pile of blood, leading us to believe that she killed them all. Next up, Nature vs. Nurture. So then we move into issue number 13. Issue number 13, script by James the IV, art by Markio Takara. Uh, this issue starts off with an Argus plane that's flying over a specific area when all of a sudden somebody jumps out of the vehicle, or some, somebody jumps out of the plane, I should say, um, and it's we, are, we, we see that it's actually Cassandra Kane who has jumped out of the plane over the cavern, which we le- are led to believe it's the nursery that we saw at the end of the last issue. Uh, she takes out some security drones, and we see a flashback of Cassandra, who appears to be a, a young child uh, within the, the ranks of uh, the normal group, when she is approached by David Kane and we are led to believe that he takes her away and melts her in a different way. We also see that, uh, this, this exchange of a hug where two children hug each other. Sandra is not, not understanding what exactly that is. Because of that, she hugs sculptor. Sculptor says, nope, nope, you can't do that. It's not the way it's supposed to be. And the truth alarm goes off and there's another drone that pops up that we saw. Uh, it's the same type of drone that Tim and uh, Jason took out in issue number nine, I think it was, um, and uh, she takes it out very quickly with slicing it with a sword, uh, when all of a sudden uh, David Cain appears, and he has his hand, which was chopped off many issues ago, has been replaced by a cybernetic hand, and they start fighting. In the process of fighting, she gets chucked into a hole with a bunch of bo- dead bodies, Uh, She gets blood all over her hands by trying to scrape her, scrape the side as she's falling down. Um, In the process, she actually has a grapple gun, which allows her to get out of it. The blood that's on her hands, she actually uses to create a bat symbol across her face. We then see a flashback several months ago where we see her talking with Batman, Bruce Wayne, and he is telling her that he is about to face the Joker possibly once and for all. The Joker's virus is spreading too fast and he has to go after him and he's not, he's afraid he might not come back. So he tells Cassandra, here's a flash drive. If something happens to me, you need to get this to Dick Grayson. Uh, I want you to understand that even though you were made to be the way you are, you chose to be a hero. You are not a monster. And because you chose to be a hero, that makes you different than what you were intended to be. Uh, this flashback motivates her to put that bat mask on and then go after uh, orphan, as she's kicking his butt, uh, we see that Dick Grayson and Harper Rowe have appeared and thrown a gazillion bat tasers onto David Cain's back. A
2: gazillion. you count it?
0: Yes, I did count one bazillion. <laughs> and uh, they fry him, and Harper gets a nice hug from Cassandra when all of a sudden they think all is well when Mother holographically appears and says, Oh, you thought it was going to be that easy. Of course not, it is. It ain't going is to be that easy. There's a thermonuclear device at the heart of the nursery, and it's going to go off any minute. Good night. Bum, bum, bum. So next up, everything blows up.
3: All right, so... The- you forgot the special hug between Batman and Cass. You didn't mention they hugged. I didn't
0: know I needed to mention it.
3: Well, because that's like a crucial moment.
0: And, yeah, it's well, it really is. It's is though. Crucial, we don't know how the extent of their relationship, so it's not really crucial at this. You have no emotions, young man. Yeah,
3: but remember, she wasn't allowed to hug anyone in the little center.
0: Yeah, and she hugs Harper Row when she shows up, and she hasn't known her that long. So wow. that's a girl, though. Girls love to hug. That man's a dude. The dude with a hug. <laughs> you're, you're really coming across as sexist and really confused.
1: <laughs> oh gosh. Maybe a little bit of both.
0: Oh man. Okay. So the first thing I want to talk about is a discussion point that had come up multiple times that has been edited out. but You're hearing this now. And I want to bring this up because uh, Stella had brought to my attention that she believed in issue number 12, Mm -hmm. the girl being, the girl being pulled out of the car by David Kane after the parents were murdered, uh, and then brought to, the nursery, mind molded by sculptor and then started training with the rest of them. She believed that to be Cassandra Kane. So leading us to assume that obviously, well, not assume, but leading us to believe that Cassandra Kane is not David Kane's biological daughter, which is entirely possible if you believe that's the case. Now, the confusion is that when you, we pick up with issue number 13, one, it's a different artist, but two, they kind of backtrack Slight bit from where issue 12 was, where we see Cassandra going into the nursery with the dead bodies, which we didn't see in the previous issue. We just saw her covered in blood in the nursery. Um, but during the flashback scene in issue number 13, we see a girl who's wearing, you know, a similar style of clothes, Asian, uh, you know, of an Asian descent, wearing white clothes. Like I said, the same style, uh, being trained alongside everybody else that is you know part of the nursery uh, she that same child hugs uh that child is named as Cassandra Kane and is trained by David Kane pulled aside by him uh is actually uh, actually hugs sculptor has this whole thing with hugs which leads to a lot of other situations throughout the issue but the confusion in my part was Stella believes that Cassandra Kane was that child that David Kane pulled out of the car mm-hmm. As I'm reading that issue, that's not at all what I'm getting. I'm not getting that that's the same person. Now, if you go into issue number 13 and you look at that flashback, you would presume that it's the same person because it is the same clothes, which in some ways doesn't make any sense as to how the child who got pulled out of the car and is in the same exact clothes, you know, potentially sometime later. I don't know. But here's the the disconnect for me. The disconnect for me is outside of the art being not the same. Mm -hmm. The problem is that we see Cassandra Cain um, being trained alongside the other people, which to me, in issue number 11, David Cain presents Cassandra as this tribute as, hey, I've trained this person myself. I've done this all by myself. It has nothing to do with what you've done. Now, the other disconnect, obviously, is between 11 and 12 and 13. 11 and 12 was written by one writer. 13 was written by James Tynion, who is the showrunner of the series. So, obviously, whatever happens in 13 is what it's meant to be. Yeah. Yeah, the definitive of what it's meant to be. But if you just read 12, because, obviously, if you read these as they come out, not all together... Do you actually believe that based off of just what's shown in 12, which is really hard to differentiate since we know what's in 13, that that is Cassandra Kane being pulled out of the car?
1: I think it is. Um, That's how I took it when I read it. At full disclosure, I read the, the 12 and 13 in one setting. So I read them back to back. So reading them as a continuous piece, I very much felt that that was Cassandra. Yeah, absolutely. But like you said, it's... It's the art that lets us not know for sure. Because we can't tell.
3: I also think that since I was the one that I don't know if you cut that, but I was the one to say
2: that. Oh, it got cut, don't worry. Oh, okay.
3: okay. Um yeah. Uh that David Kane is not her biological father. I think as we sort of see, he's he's almost like the Reaper, right? He's the one that um goes out and gets these kids. After like that's almost his his mission um, under under mother and then uh, the sculptor is the one who sort of molds them and I think that it's not unlikely that Cassandra was in fact very similar to the other ones where her parents were either killed or died in a tragic event and he just decided that that would be the one that he would sort of transform. Now, uh, one of your arguments was the fact that, you know, why would she be trading with others? But you only see that initial scene where she's sort of cleansing her of her mind. If this is Cassandra and yes, mother knows about her, but afterwards you don't see Cass anywhere or, you know, what I. It's not heard.
0: true because once we get into issue 13, she's with the kids again. She's already been mind melded. Okay. And. Sculptor has said, you know, she gives Sculptor the hug and is like, "Oh no, 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 you can't do that. That's not what you're meant for." And the thing is, like, that leads us to believe that Sculptor knows what David's trying to do, without Mother knowing, uh-huh. which I find really, really strange. As to found her to That's be the complicit, case. yeah, yeah. But at the same time, what's really difficult for me to understand, and the connection is, how is it that she's amongst these other people if she's not supposed to be being trained? She, if she. Because in issue number 11, it distinctly says that she was trained with no verbal cues. She's only supposed to recognize body. body language. Right. So how can she be being trained alongside all of these other kids with verbal cues, but that's not the way she's meant to be trained? It doesn't... Like, there's some sort of disconnect. I, I don't think she, she it,
1: was. I took it as she was being trained on her own.
0: Right. Yeah. But then why is she with these other kids? She's not. No, she
1: was, like, hiding, like, up in the bell power, yeah. essentially. Yeah,
3: and Sculptor stopped her from interacting with him.
1: Yeah, I got – she was, like, the hunchback of Notre Dame type deal, right?
3: Yeah, like, and she, like, tries to go out there, but then she's prevented. Like, people are watching her. So I think Sculptor isn't on it, though Mother okay, doesn't yeah, know
0: yeah, rereading her. the page, it does say – uh, you know, it does say – it does show her standing on a balcony, Mother talking to all these other children – But to me, I I don't know. It just comes across as really strange that now it even makes less sense to me now that I'm looking at this because she's watching from afar. As you said, she's on a balcony. She's watching mother actually hug the children. Mm -hmm. David says, Oh, are you sneaking off again? Blah, blah, blah. And then we see all of these other children, you know, working, you know, training, whatever. And she hugs sculptor and she says, Oh, you're not supposed to do this, but how could they have hidden her from mother if mother was there and knew about all the children and was introduced to the child initially in the in issue 12. I don't know if she mother yeah.
3: has her hands in the day-to-day, though. I think certainly she would know when a child enters her facility and may check up, but I don't think she's taking roll call every time she goes down.
0: Well, I agree, but I think she's probably the one who's saying, you need to go get this person, because they've made it seem as if they have... You know, she is involved in that aspect of it. She doesn't just tell David, Hey, go kill some random person and bring me back their kid. It doesn't come across as that. It comes across as there is some sort of like fine-tuning of who exactly they want. But I guess the problem is in issue twelve, that person who's pulled out of the car is immediately mind-melded and introduced to mother right then and there. Mm-hmm. If those couple panels, I think it's like two or three panels, if those panels weren't there. It, w- it would make perfect sense as to why she's hiding up in the you know balcony and, and mother doesn't know anything about her. Well but there's some they show mother see her angry I grieve. don't I don't know if it's necessary that mother
1: doesn't know about her. Um, the way I took it was David Kane took her and they were experimenting with her even more. remember there's some verbiage in here that talks about how Kane likes to that they're not supposed to enjoy what they're doing but Kane likes that it likes it you know he likes being the one that's terrorized them. Was it? This was Cain trying to make um a super soldier, you know, one that was bigger than the rest of Mother's creation. I, I right,
0: but how could Mother not? Know I don't that think that this. I don't
1: think that it was necessary that she not know.
0: I don't see there's any reason why she wouldn't know. I think that she knew. Well, she, when she's introduced to him, she's like, "Why would you do this? This is going against what I would want you to do."
1: Yeah, and
3: training her in another way, training her apart from other people in something that mother does not approve of, and there aren't any biological processes going on whatsoever. So, uh, you know, these are all children that are taken or orphaned from other people. They, they none of them have been created on institute, uh, which means on site. Um, so, I, I don't think even in the scheme of this thing, it would make sense for David Kane to be a progenitor of. This Cassandra King.
0: Well, I don't know that that's entirely, you know, it's entirely impossible that that would be the case either. Because yes, fine, but it's not as if David Kane's walking around with the child inside of his, Ouch. you know, body. You know. Well, and,
1: I guess this comes down to is 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 it definitive? Are we? Ta- can we definitively say that the child that David Kane takes out of the car is Cassandra? No, we cannot. That's my question. But, I choose to believe at this point in the narrative for me that it is.
0: Does that make sense? Yeah. I I agree. I agree. I think I I agree with the fact that there is confusion that it could be the same person. I have no problem admitting that whatsoever. I don't feel as if it's definitively saying he's not the real father. Like, this is not a DNA test on the Maury show, whereas you are not the (laughs) (laughs) father. You know, it's not that happening. We need that same. But. but at the same time like i i just get this odd suspicion that something's off here and if it's and if it is exactly the way you guys are laying it out as you know that was her being pulled out you know this is happening but mother knows you know but you know she knows that this is happening whatever it's not being expressed very well and I, there's a there's a problem and this is honestly i feel like the first time we've had this issue happen where we have a writer Going into another writer, because normally it's, we, we review every two issues normally. And when we review every two issues, generally the same writers on two issues in a row. But I feel like this is the first time we've actually had a situation where one issue to the next issue, there's a disconnect, not just because of the art, which happens a lot, but the story, because we also backtrack from the previous cliffhanger of issue 12. Yeah. So
3: and, and, and I will say, you know, not all Asians are the same. Person, Not all white people and our black people are the same person. And I love that we're diversifying. But a big like stoppage point for me and a reason why I really think this is cast is because these three issues we're focusing on Cassandra Cain, yeah. yeah. who is, I mean, she's part Chinese. Uh, here she could be full Chinese, um, and, and she's an amazing, groundbreaking character. And I feel like I see this girl who seems to be an Asian character being lifted, and I'm auto- automatically thinking, if we're focusing on Cassandra Kane, should that not be Cassandra Kane? Yeah, isn't,
1: so yeah, isn't, isn't this, isn't sure. this Cass's origin story, these issues, essentially? I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with Stowe. Yeah. I think, I think that's more of the reason why I just assumed it was Cass, because it just seemed to fit with the
0: narrative we were reading.
1: You know, like okay, this is how Cass became how she is. Okay, she was in a car, now she, you
0: know. Yeah, I guess in some ways, I'm pro- I'm probably looking at it like in a tainted way, where I'm sitting here thinking to myself, can she really be the child of nobody? Really, I don't
1: know if they're gonna bring him over from the Batman and Robin book. Ha ha
0: ha ha ha! Oh man, I can't. Dead. Like, I I can't. Like I can't put to myself to believe that she's just the child of nobody. She's not the child of David Cain and Lady Shiva. I mean, like Lady Shiva's already been introduced within the New Fifty Two as a younger character than what she was pre New Fifty Two or pre Flashpoint or whatever they call it. But the thing is, in my mind, it just feels like really just that's she's literally no, the child of it's nobody. It's not like
3: it's the only thing they change in her backstory.
0: No, oh, I, and I understand that. I'm, you know, but at the same time, the, the changes of her being a person who was trained by her father, who does not speak very much and knows a lot of martial arts and knows how to read people, that's not really that big of a change from her character pre-New 52.
1: No, but the character right. David Kane seems to have a little bit of a change here. Mm-hmm. Programming yeah, but children he's still a lot. Yeah, but he wasn't them. as lethal either. Well like this to like anything can be retconned, right? Like there's no reason that someone couldn't write or we could find out in the next issue that the reason why we see David Kane killing these people is because Shiva put Cassandra up for adoption, he hunted her down and killed her adopted parents.
0: You know? Like, yeah, that's true. like there's although I don't see that happening no, but I'm saying it's, not not that specific right. thing. I'm just saying I don't know that we're gonna walk into the next issue still dealing with her origin. I don't see that happening. I think if exactly. there's any sort of confusion Outside of just my own confusion, um, I don't know that it will necessarily be cleared up as cleanly as just popping up into the next issue. I feel like this is something that's gonna have to get like asked to one of the creators.
3: Could tweet understand. it. Tweet it right now.
0: Maybe I will. Maybe I will. Probably not, okay. but maybe I will. Anyway, all right. So I'm not gonna delve into any other specific questions Really? I had brought I had brought up about the idea of there being the break in Confusion and stuff like that, but realistically, this was Cassandra Kane's story, and like it was an interesting story, but I don't really feel like it opened up any specific new areas of the story, other than just telling her origin. Three issues, Cassandra's origin. We know a little bit about the sculptor character, who's also a new character, but like there isn't a whole lot here to really talk about, other than just her origin, which we just did for the last 15 minutes. So.
1: I will say one thing that I want to point out about these issues, though, which has shown that something that has been missing, I think, in some of the new 52 is that we get to see a very compassionate side of Bruce as Batman here with Cassandra. Um, we see so much of the dark, broody Bruce, that moment where they have on the rooftop where he gives Cass the hug. I think that was nice to see in the story.
3: Yes. Yeah. There is a reason. I mean, Dusty may seem like I was just bringing it up to make you frustrated at my non-sequiturist. But I think there is a purpose to that for sure.
0: I don't know. I don't necessarily disagree with the idea that, you know, it's showing a compassionate Bruce. I agree that it does. But I think when you brought it up, Stella, I was feeling more on the lines of it's an important moment between the characters. And like, I don't know that it's necessarily a uh, important uh, moment between the characters It's a compassionate moment between the characters, an emotional moment, but that's not necessarily to say that they, you know, we still don't know what their relationship is. Like, we don't know if maybe Batman was privy to what was going on with David Kane and Cassandra. We have no idea what their actual history is. I'm sure we'll find it out, but. Well, I think it's a blessing. In my mind, it's nice to see that Bruce has this other side, which we don't see so often. I agree. I I think this is kind of a blessing moment though, isn't it? Like, when this is the same
1: blessing that he gives to a Robin when he becomes a Robin or, you know what I'm saying? Or, or to any other one of the sidekicks or to Harper, when he finally brought her in the fold, when he leans down and says, you're a hero, isn't him that like almost like blessing her into the family in a way. I mean, that's the way I took it.
3: Yeah. And, and I think there were in, in that scene for me, I think a lot of the things of Cassandra's past, uh that made it such an interesting character. I think we're we're taking like a little bit of the spark and romance, honestly, for lack of a better word, was taken out for me with her interactions with David Kane and all of that stuff that she went through. Because I think that was a departure from her character. But it all really came and connected with me um with that scene with Batman because there is this really loving relationship between the two of them, pre new fifty two. And I felt like this, you know, these few pages and that hug there really captured the essence of that father-daughter relationship that they really grew into and developed. <laughs> Silence.
0: Killed them. All right, so starting off with issue 11, I'm going to give this one three out of five. Two and a half out of five.
3: I love the color, uh, the cover. I thought it was very psychedelic, and it really messed with my mind. Um, I'm going to say... Three
0: out of five as well. All right, so Ian gave it four, so that's going to give issue number 11 a total of three out of five. Issue number 12, I'm going to give the same thing, three. I I wasn't a huge fan of the art, I have to say that, in uh, issues 11 and 12. Psychedelic stuff, the craziness of the telepathic stuff, it was kind of distracting to a degree because it was hard to know exactly what was going on. Plus, it was two different artists, and that, that's always pissing me off. So, yeah, very busy. I'm kind of with some of dust on that one. Two and a half. Three? Alright, and he even gave it four, so that's gonna give issue 12 a total of three out of five as well. Issue number 13, so this one was written by James Tinyon. I, as usual, James Tinian kind of ties a lot of the things together to, you know, make the story coherently fit, and he obviously places his scripts at certain aspects of the story. Um, this one I thought was better. But I still think there's, there's something missing right now and I want to see what, I want to see what's to come. So I'm going to give this one three and a half.
1: Four out of five. I love the moment between Bruce and Cass.
3: Uh, a- absolutely. I like the cover again. Um, but just ignore that's the cool fact up. that the, 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 bat is, uh, blood or made of blood. <laughs> uh, I will give it a 3.5 out of five as well.
0: All right. And over on the website, Ian gave it four and a half. So that's going to give. Batman and Robin Eternal number thirteen, a total of three and a half out of five. So that is all of our books to review. Let's head over to the website for our Greater Gotham.
2: <gasps> Greater Gotham? Who came up with that title?
1: That was called the Bat Signal.
2: <laughs> oh boy!
0: You're all fired. I wrote it down last time on my notepad so that I would specifically not forget. Girl. It's Greater Gotham. Nice try. Yeah. You're all just trying to mess. With
1: yes. Yes, we are. <laughs>
0: so moving over to the website for greater Gotham first up Batman Europa number 2 reviewed by Mark he gave it a total of 4 out of 5 Batman along with Joker head to Prague in this issue uh, next uh, for this issue I'm going to give a neutral
1: thumbs up way up neutral
0: next Batman Arkham Knight Genesis number 5 reviewed by Ryan uh, in this issue we see Jason Todd meeting with Deathstroke for the first time And we find out how their connection and how Arkham Knight raises up his militia. Uh, Ryan gave it 3 out of 5. I'm giving this one a thumbs up.
2: Neutral. Neutral.
0: Next up, Batman 66, number 30, which covers digital chapters 72 and 73, reviewed by Gary. He gave it 4 out of 5. This is actually the final issue of this series. Um, this one deals with Batman dealing with a convention of criminals, a number of different criminals from the 66 universe. For this one, I'm going to give a thumbs up. Neutral. Neutral. Uh, next, Batgirl number 46, reviewed by Don. He gave it three and a half out of five. Stella?
3: This it wow, there's a lot of stuff that goes on, but the main story basically is that Batgirl is sent off to help out Spoiler, who is, um... Sort of in the crosshairs of the he's a Gawa family uh, from Catwoman, and she saves her, of course. And there's some stuff going on in her private
0: life. This one, I'm giving a neutral
3: thumbs up. Tentative thumbs up.
0: Find out more on that. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Teaser. All right, next we are Robin number seven, reviewed by Bill. He gave it three and a half out of five. This deals with Robin Moore. Uh, so this one, we'll, we're just going to give our ratings. Uh, this one, I'm going to give a neutral. 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 Harley Quinn number 23, reviewed by Gary. He gave it three out of five. Uh, this one deals with Harley Quinn going to find to, to basically break somebody out of jail. That's the gist of it. Uh, this one, I'm giving a, a neutral. 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 Justice League number 46, reviewed by Bill. He gave it three and a half out of five. This one has the Justice League, de- or Wonder Woman, dealing with mostly Wonder Woman. Batman doesn't appear very much in this issue. We have uh, Mr. Miracle. We have Big Barda. We have Wonder Woman. Uh, a lot of things dealing with Grail as well. Uh, this one I'm going to give a neutral.
1: Oh, this is tough. Thumb- thumbs up-ish. Three-quarter up. Neutral.
0: Secret Six, number nine, reviewed by Gary. He gave it three and a half out of five. Uh, this one deals with the Secret Six dealing with uh, the craziness of the, the the Justice League dark elements of the DC Universe. Um, this one I'm going to give a thumbs down. Thumbs down.
2: <laughs> Neutral.
0: Next, we have Justice League United number 16, reviewed by Ryan. He gave it a one out of five. Uh, this is the last issue of Justice League United. Uh, this one kind of... It really had nothing to do with TBU. Uh, we started covering Justice League United because Batgirl was a member for a pretty long story arc. And Poison but Ivy was this, there Yes, Poison Ivy was there as well. Uh, this issue did not have any members of the Batman universe. Uh, Stargirl was present. It was focusing on Adam Strange and his wife, Alana Strange. But the gist of the, the issue was dealing with them. Nothing to do with TBU, so thumbs down for me.
1: Um, I'm going to be a little more generous than our friend here who gave it a one out of and I'm going to give it a
0: neutral. Neutral? Batman Arkham Knight number 12, which covers digital chapters 36 through 39, viewed by Ryan. Uh, this is the final issue, as I mentioned earlier, of this series. Uh, this He gave it a total of four out of five. Uh, this one, basically, the entire gist of this final issue is the, it leads up to what we see in Batman Arkham Knight in the beginning, uh, it literally goes to the point where you see the cop in the diner uh, just as Arkham Knight actually begins. So, for this one, I'm going to give a thumbs up. Neutral. Neutral. Next, uh, Batman 66 meets the man from UNCLE, which includes digital chapters 1 and 2. It's reviewed by Gary. He gave it 3.5 out of 5. There's not a whole lot to say other than it's just basically the men from UNCLE with the Cape Crusaders yeah. uh, in that 66 world. So this one I'm going to give a neutral. 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 Next, Robin, Son of Batman, number 7, review by Ryan. He gave it 3.5 out of 5. Uh, this also deals with Robin Moore, so I'm going to give this one a thumbs up. Thumbs neutral.
3: Thumbs up.
1: It's tough, isn't it? Yeah.
2: It
3: is, yeah. Yep. The Robin War is a tweener.
0: All right, next, Gotham by Midnight, number 12, reviewed by Jim. He gave it five out of five. Uh, this is the final issue of this series as well. Uh, this deals with the Spectre uh, in the midst of the zombie apocalypse, essentially. Uh, I actually, I surprisingly really enjoyed this final issue. I'm going to give it a thumbs up.
1: This was a cool way to end the series. Thumbs up.
3: Thumbs up. I'll miss it.
0: Next, Teen Titans number 15, reviewed by Jim. He gave it 3 out of 5. Uh, this one we deal with, uh, the Robin War as well. So with this one, I'm give me a neutral. 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 Next, Titans Hunt number 3, reviewed by Jim. He gave it 4 out of 5. This one deals with Grayson, Donna Troy, and Aqualad, and a number of other members of the old Teen Titans from pre-Flashpoint, also current Flash, or post-Flashpoint, so just say, not necessarily Teen Titans, or as in post-Flashpoint, they were never Teen Titans, such as Dick Grayson. Uh, this one I really enjoyed. Uh I'm, I'm still enjoying this series. Uh Thumbs up? Anything with Donna Troy will probably get a thumbs up for me, and this one does.
3: I don't understand. Why do you guys like it? Thumbs down? Ah! I don't know!
0: This is like month in, month out, no, every I gave time. I
3: think neutral last time, I think, but I don't I just think don't so. Like it. All right,
0: next, <laughs> next Justice League of America number six, reviewed by Tyler. He gave it three out of five. Uh, this one deals with uh, Rao and the Temple, or Rao and Batman, basically outlasting everybody else because he believed all along, as usual, that Rao was a bad guy, and everyone was like, "Yeah, he's a good guy." Uh, so. Uh, for this one, I'm going to give a neutral. Maybe no book uh, has been hurt more by these stupid DC
1: delays in the past couple months than this book. It's been so long that I almost forgot what was going on. So, at that point, I'm
0: going to give well, a it does neutral. It's, it's been forever. It doesn't, it doesn't help that, uh, what was it, issue number uh, five ended up being a Martian Manhunter story because yeah. they, it had been so long that just they said, put so it we're going to put out something. Yeah. But it has nothing to do with anything else. Uh, uh, and I don't think that's a DC delay. I think that's, uh, it's finally catching up that Brian Hitch as the writer slash artist for a book that includes so many characters. Anybody who thought this was a good idea as a monthly book was just not thinking about the likelihood of this being possible. So, no, it,
1: that, that's why it gets a thumbs down for me. That's necessarily bad, but I just forgot what was going on.
0: Neutral. All right. Next DC comics bombshells number seven which includes digital chapters 19 through 21 by Stella. She gave it five out of five. Stella? Ooh. I did.
3: I was like, that shocked me. At first I thought, uh-oh, was there a mistake? Um, yes. Yeah, so this was actually the first issue that each of the different parts is the same storyline, and they're all following this group known as the Batgirls. And you can sort of think of it as almost a Dark Knight take, on, um, you know, the mutants changing over to the, are they the Bat Boys? Because they're, they're sort of taking their nod from Batwoman and becoming their own little league as Batwoman is off. And, um, so Felicity Smoke pops up, which is interesting. There's almost a We Are Robin sort of vibe, which I'm not too sure about right now. Uh, but just an interesting group of, uh, uh, young ladies led by Harper row to a certain extent, Alicia pops up as well. And there's something weird going on in the Pinkney orphanage and actually deals with a lot of, um, just, uh, True, true life events that would have been going on at that time. Uh, Anti-Semitism, that's not only, you know, over in Europe, but in America as well. And just what is the war front like uh, in America at this time? So, yeah, I, I really recommend this. this. is probably the best issue I've read since issue number one.
0: All right. So for this one, I'm giving you a thumbs up. Thumbs up. And thumbs up. Moving into our next one, Black Canary number six, reviewed by Corbin. He gave it a two out of five. This one, Black Canary. The the big reveal with this one was that uh, Kurt Lance is the, I guess, a time traveling bad guy. I get. It. This is the, Fair, the, yeah, no, that's yeah. the best way to put it. So, uh, thumbs down for me. You're right. You're absolutely right. This yeah. is also one of those. This is also one of those series where I mean, it's been forever. Everybody else is on issue uh, seven. This one's on issue six at the end of the the month, which means we're practically two months behind. It was a week one book. Back in June. So, and, and the end of the arc,
1: too. I mean, this would be the yeah. end of the first trade, and it, and it kind of just stops.
3: Petered out, so. yeah. Uh, I'm going to be a little more generous, give it a neutral.
0: Batman Europa, number three, reviewed by Mark. He gave it four out of five. This one has Batman and Joker heading to Paris. Uh So for this one, I'm going to give a neutral. Thumbs up and the art in this issue is absolutely a blast. As I haven't
1: seen I don't think anything this cool in a Batman comic since Arkham Asylum. The art is super cool in this issue. Uh neutral.
0: There was an issue of I believe it was Batman and Robin right before New Fifty Two was the last issue of Batman and Robin. It reminded me a lot of that worth because it was like crazy, crazy art. Like Oh, the art here unique, is unhinged. Like yeah. like unique art. It reminded me of that. Um All right, so next we have Harley Quinn Power Girl number six, reviewed by Gary. He gave it four out of five. This one is the final issue of the series. Power Girl and Vartox are at a wedding, and it does not go as planned as you all expected. They end up going to some alternate universe that Vartox created where he has a cyborg Power Girl as his wife in set in the 50s where he comes home and she has a martini and a cigarette waiting for him. Oh, and, Power Girl is not, and Power Girl is not very happy about the fact that he has created this alternate universe and ultimately destroys the android. They uh, get back to their normal time frame. They travel through time and they get back. So probably the only issue of this series that I've actually described. But I was just goes. about to, to say, like,
3: people take note, he just gave a summary. I was, I was waiting.
0: So for this one, I'm going to give a neutral.
1: I'm going to give a thumbs up if you, if you, I mean, it's more of the same. You either hate it or, or love this series.
3: Neutral.
0: All right. And so finally, Justice League number 47 reviewed by Bill. He gave it four out of five. Uh, with this issue, we basically have the Justice League working. They're, they're basically, they have now become the Justice Gods. As they are all new gods in some way, shape or form. Uh, we are, we, we see that the crime syndicate is being broken out of jail. Um, specifically to deal with the impending doom of what is to come. So for this one, I'm going to give a thumbs up. It's uh,
1: it, it it gets to where it needs to get.
0: I'm I'm unfortunately going to give this one a neutral. Neutral. All right. So that is all of our books. There's lots of books in the last three weeks. Be sure to check out all those reviews over on the website for detailed synopsises of our synopses.
2: There you go.
0: Uh, yes, I knew she was going to correct me if I didn't say it correctly. So. Uh, for, for detailed synopses of all of these issues, be sure to read them over on the website. In addition to that, I also want to point out that I am looking, now that it is the new year and we have some new look series new coming cast up members. with, uh, no, Stella, I'm not <laughs> looking for new cast members. I feel like you want me to look for a new yeah, cast you member. You just
3: told Ed and I we were fired a couple of minutes ago.
0: <sighs> I feel like I deal with this every single episode. You complain that you're gonna get fired, even though I've never fired you. It's not like one of those situations where like I fire you and then you, you just like reappear. You fired us 27 minutes ago. I did? Oh. Yeah.
3: It was that long ago?
1: Yeah, about 27 minutes ago. Just saying. It's okay if you forgot. We're not gonna bring it back up. We already did. But... <laughs> that was, that, that was Stella. Don't blame that on me.
0: Alright, so, uh, with the new year, uh, we are in the need of a couple of new comic book reviewers. I'm looking for, well, I'm not even going to put a number on. I'm looking for a couple of people. Uh, we have a couple of different books that I'd like to start covering, uh, probably until they get canceled because they probably aren't going to be around for very it's, long. It's, 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 it is the case, but I'm looking but for a couple of reviewers. Honest. Yes. Uh, so, so probably short term, but nonetheless, uh, also we have, like I said, a good group of people who are reviewing books over on the website. But, uh, if we could get a couple more people, that's always great so we could get, uh, you know everything I would prefer to be covered. Per, covered. Uh, we also have uh, some new series coming out this month, including the Deadshot Katana series. Uh, we also have some series ending this month. So, if we can get a couple of new reviewers, that would be great, and then we can free up some space for uh, upcoming things, which are obviously bound to happen at some point. So, uh, if you are interested in reviewing books. On the website, email us at tbu at net, and we will get you linked up with a book. Uh, in addition to that, uh, let's jump into our listener Q&As. This
3: is called the Bat Signal, right? Okay.
0: That's a good pull. It's called, it's called Listener Q&As. That's that's what it's
1: called. I I think that we should rename that the Bat Signal for the new year.
3: Right into the Bat Signal. Hello?
0: (laughs) This this is where, this is, this is where we get fired.
3: We can't record on weekdays. It gets
0: too. Weird. It does get too it weird. Do, no, Monday is so congested. compared to a Wednesday.
1: Monday is nothing compared to Wednesday. You remember That's
2: true. That one time. world
1: that Wednesday one was? Yeah. I mean, we were we were two, you know, whoopee cushions away from a morning uh, morning <laughs> radio show.
2: Yeah. You know? Yeah,
1: it's true. <laughs>
0: So my my co-hosts have informed me that we need to rename our listener Q&As the yeah. Bat Signal. I'm just going to go with it. I don't have the energy to <laughs> to uh, disagree with them at this point. So we're going to move into the Bat Signal, formerly known as the <laughs> listener Q&As. Very <laughs> good. Very well. So first up, we have Gary, who has written in and said, Another terrific podcast. Thanks, guys. I agree with your comments about things looking up for TBU. Though I am not a fan of the bat concept itself, Literally rebooting Bruce Wayne and Joker is a great idea. Batman had grown into such a single-mindedly grim character; wasn't, I wasn't—I really wasn't able to enjoy it. Now, though, I am hopeful that Bruce is going to get a sense of innocence and hopefulness instilled in him. I am assuming Joker had a similar rebirth. However, they decided—however they decide to explain it—maybe Joker will lose the filthy Hannibal Lecter part of his personality, which really turns me off, while still being the biggest big bad out there. It should be interesting watching both their natural personalities manifest as the story continues. This is really promising. I am also very happy with the situation with the Robins, and it will be interesting to see how they react when Bruce is back in the cowl. How will a more light-hearted Bruce interact with Damien as Robin? Will that team still work? Bruce and Duke Thomas are developing a very interesting relationship. Are they the future dynamic duo? If so, what happens to Damien? So many questions and so many interesting ways they can go. I can't wait to see what is in store for us. I also really like how they're developing Duke Thomas. He is getting some real-world fighting experience and has been thinking he was pretty badass. But in We Are Robin number 7, when he witnesses the physical prowess of Jason and Tim, he finally understands what it will take to be a real Robin. Hopefully, this is the beginning of Duke taking the concept of Robin more seriously. This There is also an interaction between Duke and Damien, In the prison cell, which might be the beginning of them working together more. Could be fun. The (laughs) self-absorbed... Finish it? The self-absorbed Damien playing off the more serious, team-minded Duke. On the topic of Robins, you guys guys make a great point about Tim and Jason being terrific together. They should have their own book. They work together so well. All right. A bunch of different points here. Uh, First off, uh, going back to your comments about Bruce and Duke Thomas, in some ways what they have or what Snyder has been doing at least with in issue forty seven with Duke and Bruce, he is building it towards them teaming together. Which the way it's being built is not necessarily a bad thing. I feel as if Duke being thrown into the role of Robin in We Are Robin and you know him doing what he's doing in, in Batman I don't know that it was necessarily the 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 correct direction. I do agree that I'm glad that they are you know, he's realizing that he's it's kind of a joke when it comes to being a Robin compared to what is actually a Robin. So I I appreciate the fact that he's realizing this, but at the same time, uh you can see the natural progression of Duke and Bruce somehow becoming a team down the road, just the way it's being shown in Batman. So I, I, I like that. Uh your other comment about uh, Tim and Jason. I was specifically making a point that Tim should have his own book. But hey, if Jason can team with Tim and we can see something other than the crap that we've been seeing in Red Hood and the Outlaws of Red Hood Arsenal for the last you know four plus years, by all means, I'm for a Tim Jason book. So let's do that.
2: Former Robin. they
0: call. They could. No, I, there's, I've got a title for this one.
1: DC. If you want to use it, just. Call Dustin. He'll give you my address for a royalty check. They could just call like Red or Reds, Red Robin, Red Hood, right? No, there's no, there's not gonna be a royalty check coming out. I am sure they'll take uh, what right? they it's want. Really? Cool. Well,
2: dude,
0: when when that problem, when that you're, book you're, comes <laughs> out,
1: I'm gonna I want you. I'm gonna drive to your house with a copy of it and just be standing on your front doorstep when you wake up. Uh-oh. Like
0: that's fine. That's fine. This, and when uh, that happens, I'm not real sure why you would have to wait till the issue actually came out, <laughs> since solicitations come out three months in advance. <laughs> it would be more dramatic. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because but I'm at the same time, I, I have a hard time believing that they would name the book
1: Reds. I, I, I
2: now, no now it's that's,
1: ready? it's going to happen now. Believe it now. But no. the, on a serious note, I, I do want to see that book because uh, I, I, I would much rather see Tim and Jason than the freaking Arsenal. I will say this though, if you listen to some of Snyder's interviews when he talks about Joker and then I just listened to one. And it's a long story. I know people are like, is it all a guy does? No, I just listen to one. <laughs> <laughs> it is all he does. I mean, it was, it was a long story, but I ended up re-listening really to one in a long car ride very recently. And it was funny. He was talking about him writing the Joker and he says repeatedly that he doesn't think the Joker's insane. He thinks he's just evil and his insanity covers it up. So unfortunately, Gary, I think you might be seeing a worse version of the Joker here because if Snyder thinks he's at his core is, is just totally evil and only uses the, insane shtick to cover it up so he gets sent to Arkham essentially not Blackgate um what we could be seeing is, is a, a stripped down Bruce Wayne and a stripped down Joker could be even more of the Hannibal Lecter in there so yeah. that could be bad for you bad
3: for Bruce's girlfriend too
0: oh she's dead <laughs> yeah okay. she's dead that's so yeah. sad I that's probably what. That. that's probably what ends up forcing him to go back to the column
3: uh oh
1: I would uh-huh. say probably a probably 100% right yeah
3: <laughs> um be, be. Well, it's funny because you keep, uh, Jerry, you keep um, talking about Damien Damian. And I think to myself, poor Damian has been shipped off to an island because I don't think Snyder wants to deal with him. And while I do think that would be the great partnership to have, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, Bruce and Duke, I'm not really on board for it, but I feel like that is the way that we're we're going. Ugh um, uh, I don't know. It's There's so many Robins, and and it used to be, I feel like the time was that there was a definite ending point for a Robin, and then a new one would come in, but it's all, like, mishmash together, like, the, there's all these overlapping tenures that I just can't keep it straight. All right,
0: so next, Albert says, Hey guys, another great pod. As I have commented before, I'm a fan of Snyder. I think he has written some very solid arcs, but in no way do I feel he is infallible, as one of you guys seems to believe. Cough, cough. I just think the defense that his book is containing a top book every month is invalid. It's Batman, for God's sakes. Batman right now, hands down, is one of the top two or three combo characters in pop culture right now. This website and podcast was around before Scott Snyder because it's Batman, not because Snyder brought him to the masses. Some may agree Christopher Nolan has had a big hand in Batman's recent popularity than anyone else. I just feel as though Snyder apologists seem to always point to the numbers, which I think would be high anyway. Don't get me wrong, Snyder has done a good job and has not steered the ship into an iceberg. I must say, these long story arcs are a bit annoying, a bit well-written. I just feel like there's a lot of filler lately, to be quite honest. I was not pleased, surprised, shocked to see Joker pop up in the last page of issue number 47, And most people, if they're honest with themselves, can't say they didn't expect a Joker appearance in this arc. Dustin, I may just be with you on steroids Ah. because I tend to agree with you on most things, but I tend to have a bit more radical view. For example, when did Harper Rowe become more important than Damien? Is it because Snyder doesn't like writing Damien? Thus, Tinian is force-feeding us this annoying character in the pages of Batman and Robin Eternal? We are almost at the halfway point of this series and still no Damien in a series that literally has Robin in the title. And still no sign of the current Robin. Harper Rowe is being shoved in our faces whether we like it or not. A character who has no extensive combat training whatsoever. Oh, and by the way, you know that character all you Bat fans love? Who we have yet to give a fair shake post Flashpoint, who was good with tech, Tim Drake. Yeah. She's better than him at tech also. Give me a break. <laughs> Did you write this, Dustin? Did you? Write no, this? but uh, no, we'll get there. He Dustin if DC, on steroids. if DC has really decided to go with story over continuity, why are Snyder's story elements infecting everyone else's work except Jeff Johns? I know I may came off, I may come off as a bit strong in my opinion on the subject, and I have left you comments regarding Snyder in the past. It can just get annoying at times. I really do like Snyder's work. I truly believe that he is one of the top writers in the game right now. I think he just may need to be reined in a bit. Sorry for the long comment. I promise I'm not the real-life personification of the Simpsons comic book guy. Ed, you're the man. Yes, I, I wasn't attacking you. I promise <laughs> Stella slash Josh Tony and Dustin keep up the good fight. So, I have to say, I did not write this, but when I read this, I was... I was smiling pretty bad. <laughs> I'm surprised, that it, I'm surprised we didn't get an amen from you at the end of this. Me. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. realistically, most people probably picture me as the Grinch. And, you know, when that smile comes across his face, it curls oh, wow. it around. That was basically my when face because I read this about, right around Christmas, too. So, you know, you've got some really good points. <laughs> uh <laughs> I mean, exactly. I'm not going to sit here and deny some of these points. I am saying you're That's wrong. For sure. That's for sure, yeah. Uh, but at the same time, like, I agree with you. You know, the thing is, it does feel like they have given Snyder a lot of reign. The, the, when it feels like they do rein him in a bit is by him not having as much of an effect on whatever's happening with the Eternals. You know, when Batman Eternal came out, he his name was on it, but he had said multiple times. That he was just kind of involved in some of the plotting points. Uh, same thing with this, t- this time around, he-, he blatantly said he is, like, so far removed from the series. His name's there, but it's Tinian's show, you know. And I appreciate the- him for doing that because not everybody has to do that. They could say, hey, my name is the top name. It's my book. But he's not like that, so I appreciate that part of it. But at the same time, the Eternals, even though they happen within the same universe, and in some ways they're connected to what's happening in his titles – They are removed from what's happening. And I appreciate that because it is such a large story. Um, I do have to wonder right alongside you. You know, I've said multiple times that I'm not a big fan of Harper Rowe. I'm, I'm slowly, you know, warming up to the character, just as I am with Duke Thomas. And I've said that before Stella, every time I say that has to go (gasps) because, because it's shocked. It's shocking. Late breaking news, Dustin is getting oh to be okay what? with Harper row Why does my throat hurt? I don't know why.
2: I know why. because
1: yeah, I keep doing these you stupid sounded like ass-
2: McGruff the
0: drug dog. Uh,
1: yes, I think it's crime yeah. dog, though. So, uh, <laughs> not drug
0: dog. <laughs> <dream> dog. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not the drug dog. Wow.
2: McGruff? McGruff the-, McGruff? McGruff the drug
0: dog, come over here and I'll open up my uh, trench coat <laughs> and you can see my drugs that I have available. <laughs> I am in study. Oh, my God. Truck. Monday nights. This is what Monday nights do yes. to us. Anyway, my point is I've warmed up to these characters, but I do agree with you. I mean, like, it, it is really frustrating that Damien is a character that exists. Snyder chooses not to use him. Fine. They were getting along without Snyder doing it because they had a Bruce Wayne, Damien story that they were telling in a different book. Then we, of course, run into the situation of, well... Damien got killed, so then they went on and they kept telling a a story with Bruce Wayne, dealing with Damien, but without Damien actually in the book. When Damien comes back from the dead, he's not actually present within the rest of any of the books. I mean, there's a huge problem. And the biggest problem is that Snyder, he because he does not want to work with this character, the character is confined to these other books. What's even more frustrating to me is that they decided to bring... Damien into this Robin Moore story. They bring him into the mix. You know, he, he was basically reintroduced to every other member of the Bat family back in, uh, what was it, Grayson number 12? Uh, where Dick is like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm alive. And Damien's like, hey, me am too. I'm alive too. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's right. You are alive because nobody's actually known that you're alive because it happened in one book and we never saw anybody well. react to it. But the reason behind that is, like, my my problem with it is they decided to bring Damien into the mix with Robin Moore. He's interacting with Tim Drake, Jason Todd, Dick Grayson. You know, he's interacting with these other characters, which is great. But guess what's going to happen when Robin Moore's is done? He's going right back to where he was, Aww. dealing with his Year of the Blood, Talia al Ghul, the the Dragas, whatever the heck they're called. That's what's happening. I mean, like, the solicitation for March... When all these other books are celebrating their, you know, huge milestones, it literally says in his solicitation that he's going back and gonna find Talia because he needs to deal with this family that we had been dealing with for the last six issues. I mean, there's a problem with that. He can't exist with these other characters because it had, you know, it it concerns the fact that Scott Snyder doesn't want to use them. That's the biggest problem I have. You know, it's not so much these other characters that are being force fed to us because slowly but surely, you know, they're they're coming around. I mean, it's been some time for some of these characters. But that character is probably the my biggest, biggest problem with Snyder right now is that he chooses not to use it, so that character can't really be in anything else main story wise. Robin Moore, as much as anybody wants to believe, it's not really the main story. I, I just it's not No,
1: it's it's not.
0: Um however, that doesn't really describe
1: the reason why he's not in Batman and Robin Eternal, you know? I mean, I know Tinian and Snyder are boys, but come on, you know? In fairness, Damian does have his own book. So, True. you know, And in, in fairness, so although he's been relegated to the pages of his own book, you could also look at it as in the positive, which is he's been relegated to the pages of his own book, you know? Tim doesn't have a book. Jason's kind of got a book. Grayson has a book that isn't – well, up to this point, really wasn't involved in the greater Batman universe. Harper doesn't have a book. Cass doesn't have a – I mean, spoilers. Stephanie doesn't have a book. So although Damien has certainly got the short and the stick in, in the Snyder part of the series, I don't think we can really – I think he's been relegated to his own little niche, including Gotham Academy, which he makes appearances in, right, and Robin Warren. So I, I think that the idea that Damien has is, is become the, the misanthrope of the universe is kind of inaccurate in a way. Um, I would still say that that Tim is getting the shorter end of the stick as anybody. Um,
0: his own his and I would is, agree with that. I would agree with that. I mean, in reality, any character that's not Bruce Wayne is getting the short end of the stick every day comes, of the week. Yeah, when, when it comes to Snyder's stuff. But Damien, I feel like more so than any other character, just because he has blatantly said, "I will not write this character."
1: And but there there is a certain amount of acceptance that has to come from all of us on some things, right? Like Snyder said, he's not going to write it. He's not going to, you know what I'm saying? Like as much as we may not like the decision, he's not going to change his mind. You know, he's not going to write Damien. Um, and that's okay because I think that it, it kind of allows Damien to, to be growing on his own. Um, would I like to see him more involved? Yes. I mean, all kidding aside, yes, I would like to see him more involved. Is it weird that Batman and Robin Eternal doesn't have the current Robin? in it? I mean, that's kind of strange, you know? um, but I, I think that, you know, Damien has had the, the choice. I'm sure that if Tomasi had went in and said, I have a story to tell with Damien and, and Jim Batts, I don't think anyone would have said no. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I can't imagine Tomasi pitching a story and them going, no, no, Damien. You know, Um, I just don't think anyone really knows what to do with him. Um, He was dead and he's back from the dead. And, and post dealing with that, I don't think there's a lot of places to go really with him. I think what he's doing right now in his own book is is fine, and and quite frankly, a much better better fate than Tim Drake got being sent into the future to be Batman Beyond.
3: I I do think, though, there is something to be said about seeing Damien alone versus seeing him partnered up with somebody, and I think it takes the right character to do that. But reading his, I'm very glad that he's back from the dead. I was very heartbroken when that happened, and I'm glad he has his own book, so I shouldn't complain at all. But I, I do honestly miss the days of him and Dick Grayson, which I I honestly think were some of his best days, and then seeing that growing relationship between Bruce Wayne and Damien. Um, and it's <clears throat> the thing that depresses me the most about Snyder saying that, which, you know, props to him, honestly, for saying that. Did he say, I can't or I won't? He said, I won't. Oh, he said okay. He-
0: he said he won't because he has a son that's too close in age to so it'd be her, okay. uh, Damien, so it would be too difficult to write a story that he could be putting somebody in danger that is the gotcha. same age as his son.
3: Okay. Well, I mean, at least he's honest. There. But it, it is sad, though, that you've got Bruce Wayne. He's coming back or whatever. But, you know, his biological son is not with him. I mean, that's the depressing part. And he's choosing someone else who obviously has a tragic past, Duke. But I just really want Damien to be with, uh, with Bruce. And, you know, hopefully there'll be a good journey with Talia. But, you know, what we've seen so far has, in my opinion, been lackluster. So I'm hoping it'll pick up. And, yeah, he's got sort of a, not really sidekick, but a partner in Nobody Jr. But um, I just think there's something really special about Damien's relationships with, with other people, which is what we saw. And I think it was Jerry that commented on, just his interactions with Duke in the cage, with um, Tim and Jason when they were below and everything, even though he's making his smart-aleck comments, uh, there is sort of, I-, I think, some sort of regard towards them. So that's, that's the only thing, but you- you're absolutely right that when we have a character and that character has his own book, we shouldn't complain. Um, And we don't have as much a right to complain as um, fans of Cass or Steph or Tim Drake, certainly. But I do at least find solace in the fact that Tim has, I I honestly really like Batman Beyond. And I know that people want the Tim Drake of the here and now. But at least you do. And we do have a Tim Drake that I I think has a, a great book, even though it is set in the future.
1: Now, I, I will be curious, you know, since this was issue number 13 of Batman and Robin Eternal that we did this week, so we're halfway done with Batman and Robin Eternal now. Yep. Yep. The story's exactly halfway done. Do you guys think Damien will play any part? Because I haven't seen anything in a solicit.
0: No. So nope, he's not going to show it. up at all? I don't think all? he's going to pop up at all, no. Which is unfortunate, but I really feel like it's not going to happen. I,
1: I would, you know, I'm not saying you're wrong, Dustin, but one would hope that he would at least get some type of extended obligatory cameo, right? Like, even if it was just in one issue. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's just in one issue where they're like, we gotta go with Damien, ta da I mean, I don't know. But one would hope that a celebration of Robin would include Bruce Wayne's own son and Ben Robin for a while.
0: Yeah, the problem with that was, if you remember, Batman Eternal, basically, was a celebration of Batman, and they didn't reference the <laughs> Like, he was, well, but it's fair, Damien was dead when
1: that was going on
0: in fairness yeah but they, but in, but at the same time when they they showed rasel ghoul as a character in the book they didn't even mention it as if it was you know oh by the way my son's dead because of you fair or my grandson's dead but whatever no. anyway all right so the last comments is from ab and they say or ab it says funniest thing i've ever heard who wouldn't mind a crack at wonder woman Hum, was that ed Who said that? I I can't remember if it was... I think it was Ed. I didn't mean it like uh, that. Obviously, you didn't mean (laughs) it like that. We were talking about writers and who would want to be... Right. Wonder Woman and things like that. But, yes, if you just took that sound bite by itself, out of context, it probably would come across very... Make a dumpster. Regarding Mr. Bloom, I'm guessing it's the kid that died in number 44. died, but he came back. The only problem with that theory is that Mr. Bloom was the one who supplied that kid with the drug. That would have been the only problem because then there would have been a different Mr. Bloom. So that was that, I don't know that that's entirely feasible, but
1: at this point, man, like I don't have a credible sad. theory. Yeah. So sure, whatever,
0: bro. <laughs>
1: I just don't got one.
0: All right. So with that, that is all of our listener Q and A's. I want to remind everybody to head over to the website and leave comments for the next episode as we move on, uh, as we go to our two weeks for our next episode. Hopefully there's time for you guys to go to the website and leave comments for the next episode for us to discuss. Uh, also be sure to head over to the website to read TV by the numbers and all of the comic editorials, uh, editorials, meaning reviews and uh, comments on those as well. So with that, that is everything for this episode. Head over to the website for all kinds of stuff related to Batman Uh, Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, as well as join our Facebook group to chat with other bat fans. Check out all of the other podcasts we have to offer. We have a ton of podcasts that have posted in the last couple weeks. If you have been busy for the holidays and for whatever reason you weren't driving in your car or going on a long trip or you needed to listen to a podcast and you might have missed some of the podcasts that released, head over to the website to check out your latest the latest episodes that have released from your favorite podcast that we have over on the Batman universe. Also leave us reviews on iTunes. Those are always greatly appreciated as well. And of course, as I mentioned earlier, I'm looking for a couple of new comic book reviewers. So if you'd like to take the jump into becoming a staff member on TBU, now is the time as it always is. So email us at TBU at the So with that, that is everything. This is Dustin. Uh, This is Ed. This is Peggy Sue. And you have been listening to the Batman Universe comic podcast. We'll see you guys in two weeks.
3: You think you're going to cut all of that out?
0: I think I probably am going to
1: cut out. You could put it in the bloopers reel.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny how you got so close to the mic. There is no
2: blooper reel. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> we could do this all night. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like in a supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> clean up, clean thing. up. aisle five. Pile five, clean up.
3: Yeah, or like ordering fast food where you can hardly understand what's going on.
1: There's a Big Mac and some fries. That's
2: exactly what it sounds like.
1: Yeah. And they give you chicken
2: nuggets. They never get it right. Yeah. Oh dear.